views and opinions expressed by the host do not necessarily state or reflect those of the company and its management. Furthermore, the views and opinions of the guests do not reflect those of the hosts, the show, the management, and the network. Oi, boy, brother. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Shock Treatment with Mel and Maddie. As you can see, we're missing the Maddie portion of the program today. And because of, in honor of Women of Horror Month, I have my two delicious divas of darkness joining me today. Miss Laura and Malloy and Ashes Von Nightmare. How are you ladies doing? Hi. Fabulous. Excited to be here. I figured what better way to see my girls when we can't (laughs) see one another Mm -hmm. than do an episode for Women of Horror Month. Well, I'm hugging both your heads, just so you know, because that's how long it's been (laughs) since I've seen you. So that's my my way. (laughs) I never realized how much a pandemic would really actually affect our our social lives and our lives in general. Mm -hmm. It's been such like i swear this year feels like it's been at least 10 i know like the month never ended january was just like a year and i was like february started i'm like is it gonna feel like two years we're two months in and it feels like it's been five fucking years already for real and i I got that whole lamb chop song just keeps continuously playing this is the song that doesn't end it's like this this is is the the year i never realized how much of a people person i actually was until i couldn't see people anymore Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I, I, I could swear up and down I hate people, and right. I still do, right. but yeah. I miss my people. Exactly. <laughs> yes. It really is the kind of thing where, like, I, people don't realize how little I leave the house, but I leave the house to see my people. I leave my house to go to cons or filming, and then all of this happened, and it was like, well, now I really would like to see my people. This this is not so good, folks. Especially, that's one of the reasons our, you know, the mental health stuff has gone such a decline is because a scientific study proved you need physical contact with others, even platonically. Otherwise, you can develop certain sicknesses. That's why when babies are ripped from mothers, like, say, little monkeys, they give little stuffed animals because they have to have something to be able to connect to. So the fact that we're not able to even do that anymore is one of the reasons we're all getting you know sadness and and stress and like sick and you know like i'll go shopping it's like i already right now i don't even care oh no i still don't want to do that (laughs) no i don't i I mean i I already delivered i i already have like severe depression and anxiety so So, i'm in a pandemic Yeah, I'm definitely suffering suffering from Jack Torrance syndrome right now. All work they <laughs> make ashes a dull girl, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, I I know and I like I, I, I love the fact that people are starting to post more in regards to the fact about like how they're feeling and their depression issues and whatnot. Because at least in that way that gives them a, an option for other people to reach out and calm them down and talk them off the ledge if that's the point that they're getting to. Because I've been on that end and I don't want anyone to ever feel like they have to be alone going through something like this. 
Melissa, you know I've had that to the point where I've had to hit you up. I actually say I have sponsors. I have women and guys that when I feel like I want to commit suicide, which happens several times a week at minimum, Lately, I especially, especially that I'll literally hit somebody up and be like, hey, I'm having that dark moment. And then they're sending me stupid little like gifts of like a woman in a unicorn outfit going down the street. And I'm like, ah, ah, ah. all right, I think I can make it another day because sometimes just making it to the next morning is like white knuckling it, you know. And I think the fact that so many of us weren't taught before the pandemic to have that kind of sponsor structure. We only hear it when we're trying to like kick alcohol or drugs or that kind of thing. We don't usually hear it when it comes to mental illness in any way or depression. And we don't like putting those in the same category. It makes us like get yucky about it versus like, hey, I have PTSD, anxiety, depression, and I have suicidal thoughts every fucking day. I sometimes am sitting there wondering if I should just end my life because I don't think I've done anything good and there's nobody out there that would give a fuck if I lived or died. And I know I have you guys. So literally in that moment, I don't even can think of people. And yet I have sponsors in place. And that's why we've lost so many people to it is because they didn't have those sponsors in place that like check in like you do or, you know, or be like, hey, she was a little weird energy wise. Or, or, or even if they already were battling depression <laughs> issues, you got to take into consideration all of those people that just started realizing through the course of this pandemic that they have depression issues and didn't realize it until they got cut off from everybody else. Oh yeah. 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 That's, uh, that, that's, that's myself and my husband, (laughs) you know, we usually, uh, we're busy people. So I don't usually feel feelings because I don't have the time to feel feelings, you know, and all of a sudden, like on the weekends, I have nothing but time and I I'm feeling feelings that I, I, I've, I haven't really dealt with and I don't like it. Yeah. Understandable. Like this is, this is completely new territory, and and you know I I found myself reaching out on social media because I didn't know how else to, how to cope deal. with it exactly. I kind exactly. of found myself spiraling, and you know, uh, so I just reached out and said, "Hey, people who have dealt with this, you know, what did you do? How did you, you know, give yourself the energy to just kind of pull yourself out?" Like, and the response that I got was incredible not only on the post but through text messages dms and everything like the people were unbelievably supportive and people were thanking me for coming forward and saying something because you know they're like you're such a strong person i never would have thought of you being in that way but you coming forward you know seeing somebody being so strong yet you know allowing themselves to be so vulnerable you know um made them think about things in a different way you know, like yeah. we have this, uh, this, there's a stigma around yeah, mental I, health that you just you took know, the words right out of my mouth. You know, you're, you're, you're weak. You, you can't deal with certain things. You're not built to handle certain situations. And that's not it at all. That is the furthest thing. I think, you know, if, if you have, uh, mental health to, to be able to say, Hey, there's something wrong. I have an issue. I need to address it. That's the strongest thing you can do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it's a lot harder to actually admit that you have a problem than it is to keep denying that you have a exactly. problem. And, and I don't even know if we want to say it's a problem because that's almost like the wrong stigma word that puts a label well, on it. Well, and depending I just, on, yeah, well, like I, well, I say problem I because then it doesn't, it doesn't sound And it makes somebody want to pull back. And I don't mean it like let's nitpick, but I mean it more like, 
if we take the word problem out of it, then we just have something that we're all dealing with. It is something that unites us as a planet. We all deal with it, whether it's daily or it's occasionally. And it's something that flows through all of us like a tide. It goes in, it goes out. We go through emotions, but we're not taught as a society that these are okay, that we're going to have those moments. So it becomes a problem we're not dealing with versus like, you know, if I say I have PTSD and you say you have depression, there's no big deal. It's still like, it's still stuff going on with us. And I don't mean it like, you know, oh, boo on the word, but more like, I'd love for us to try to change how we're thinking of it, change how we're talking about it so that we can say, hey, I felt like killing myself yesterday. You go, cool. I wanted to do that too. What was yours? And make it a conversation that isn't, like you said, you were able to reach out on social media. And that's why in a way it's been so fantastic. That's why, you know, go to panels or write stuff, being able to do the show with us and talk about it shows three individuals that are completely different. And yet we're in a united just like everybody else is by this, oh shit, there's something going on with all of us underneath that we're not dealing with. And it makes us sad. It makes us aware of all the stuff that we didn't deal with, the baggage, et cetera, whatever. Maybe instead of using words like illness, sickness, problem, we go, it's like saying I have brown eyes and you might have green and you have blue. It's just stuff that's all part of who we are. And if we can try to make it maybe more of a conversation of the same quality of like planting or what kind of sheets you make where it's like, oh, you're dealing with that today. Okay, cool. What do you need from me versus any other stuff? Maybe more people would want to look into it instead of like problem, issue, illness, sickness. I got to say, those are triggers in a way. And I don't mean to like minimize it, but almost hope that if we could change the dialogue of how we do it, maybe more would want to try to speak out too. You know what I mean? That's the only way I'm thinking of it. Well, I'm, I'm also glad too that we also have social media because could you imagine if this had happened when we were younger, when we didn't, we didn't have Zoom or we didn't have Skype? No. And there was, there'd be absolutely no contact except for verbal. Yeah. So at least do, at least right now we can see one another, even if oh, we yeah. can't be in the same room together. So that helps a little bit. I love it. But it's just, I, I, I always tend to say problem because I oh, usually, I, I'm going to deal, I'm going to deal regardless. Yeah. It's my problem. It's not. It's not like an A and B problem. It's my problem. So I tend to. I tend to deal with a lot of it by myself. And that's why I was just saying it wasn't like I was trying to nitpick or like do like any of that nonsense, but more like as a, a train of thought. If we all changed how we thought Think about, about it, because I mean, if I had to go to the doctor for a wellness checkup to see how my blood pressure is, it's not. Oh, the sky is falling. But if I was like, yo, I'm super depressed. If we all give a reaction in one way or the other, kind of like a taut reaction of like mayday, not okay. Versus everybody's got something going on. We mm-hmm. all got sadness in our life. You know, that's, that's my way of like breaking up the energy of it. But like, and that's the only thing. Cause like when you said it, it made me think about like, I was just trying to help somebody the other day because he wrote this post where I was ready to call like the suicide hotline over the dude. And I spent, I took hours out of my day being like, I can't just walk away from the social media cry out of like, maybe I'll lose weight. So my coffin's light, he wrote or something like that. And I was like, wait, wait, what? So like, we'd start talking. And by the time we're done, he literally doesn't want to do anything for himself because of the stigma around it, because of the problem of it, because of the effort it would take to look into it. And I got so sad. I literally had to go like lay down with a blanket over my head kind of thing. Cause it was like, we live in a society that makes us feel like it's not worth it to even try. It's our bodies. It's our souls. It's our journey. It's our life. And we're taught that it's not worth enough 
to fix to be happy. That sucks. That anybody be like, nah, it's too hard. I can't bother. And we all get that sometimes, but like, I'd love if we're the generation that could break that so that our younger generations that we love mm-hmm. could go, yo, I'm suicidal and not have anybody freak out, but just go, okay, what's the plan for today? What do we need to put in place and have it be the same thing as like, I got a stomach bug. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so that's that, what that individual me. feels safe. And that's the only reason I brought it up is because I don't want to seem like I'm going to make the Karen joke. About no, it, I went, more... I went the, and, and the sad thing is, is like more and more on a daily basis when I'm scrolling through Facebook, I'm noticing more and more posts about people yeah. in, a, in a certain place that is obviously not a good one. Yeah. And then trying to figure out how to talk them off the ledge because not everybody wants to be, even though that's a cry out for help from them, they also don't want to be inboxed. Or if yes. you have their number, they don't. They also don't want to be texted, yeah, uh, to, to talk too. So at the same time, it's like I know with me, I might say something sometimes on on social media. I try to keep my private life private. Mm-hmm. So like, there's been so much stuff that I've gone through this year. You would never even know I went through it because I that I don't tell anyone anything. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, I've yeah. Been same. through same. this stuff this year. I've gone through my own father doesn't even know. Mm-hmm. So. Sometimes you know, that's you, better you kinda, way, it, it is, but in the same token, it's not. Because right. then when people are actually trying to reach out to you and trying to talk you off the ledge, mm-hmm. it, it's, you don't want them to have to feel like they have to walk on eggshells in order to do it. No. Because, you know, so like sometimes depending on how severe a post is, because I can tell, especially if I know that individual, it makes it a little easier to judge what mm-hmm. they're saying. So then I'll be like, oh, no, that's that's not good. And then I'll be, like, blowing up their vote until they answer me. <laughs> or, you know, jump in the car, pandemic and all. I'll just throw, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll throw an extra mask on now, seeing they say you have to wear two to be sick. Whatever. It's all bullshit, whatever. But, okay, yeah. I'll drive in, I'm driving to your house, and uh, knock, knock. I'm like, maybe, oh, actually, it's going to be a little more than knock, knock. You're going to think SWAT's at your house. Yeah, yeah huh? <laughs> just, just to do yeah. that check. Did yeah. Just to do knock. that check and make sure people are good. Three o'clock in the morning, good. two different shoes, a, a shirt that doesn't match nothing. Yep, yep, yep. I'm here, motherfucker. <laughs> you said I do. I, I'm here. But that's, that's definitely part of the problem that I always have is imagining, because, like, for me, I can't imagine being like, screw it, I'll just stay this miserable and possibly end it versus trying anything other. That's my mentality. So for me, I have this problem of being like, what do you mean you're not going to, it's affirmation, say positive statements, you could do it. Like, <laughs> it's not going to hurt anything. You know how I am, Melissa. So like, and have me like, no, nah, I know who I am. I'm never going to bother. And have that be like a truth for that person boggles my mind. I'm like, there's the problem. You don't even want to try for yourself because you were taught somehow that you don't even want to, you shouldn't, you're not worth it, you don't deserve it, blah, 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 whatever. Well, that's why I'm like, and and I know this is going to get, this is going to get ashes into this conversation. This is why I love Lady Gaga. Okay. Yes. She has been so refreshing. Like, she's a breath of fresh air when it comes to the stigma of mental illness. Because mm-hmm. she's become such a fighter. I'm yep. telling people, making sure people are good about telling people to reach out even when you don't want to and do those things you don't want to do just to keep some kind of consistency in your day. Because if you start to fall, we're such creatures of habit that the mm-hmm. second something isn't going the way we're used to, we're all thrown for a loop. Right. So... She's so transparent about what she's been through. You know, if you saw the five foot two documentary, you know that, you know, this girl has been through it. And, you know, not only can I like 
empathize with her, but I can sympathize with her. I've been through some of those same things, you know, but I, you know, uh, still battling the, 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 the stigma and everything. I find myself, I can't be as transparent as she can be. So I love the fact that she has this platform, you know, so many eyes on her, so many people listening to her, and she could use that platform for anything, and she's using it for this. You know, the Born This Way Foundation does amazing things for, you know, the LGBTQ plus community and, you know, those with, with mental illness issues and, you know, raising awareness for, you know, uh, mental health and, and just, you know, taking her time. Like, you know, she doesn't respond often because she gets so many different messages on, you know, her different platform, you know, social media platforms, but she will respond to some of them, you know, and, and she sends out these, you know, these, these, um, videos on like Instagram and stuff, just being like, Hey, I see you. I see you trying your best. And you know what? That's good enough. You know, your best is good enough. Your best for today may not be your best for tomorrow, but you know what? That's okay. Because it's good enough for today. That could, it could be, it doesn't no. even have to be your best for that day. It could be your best for that particular point in the day. Right. Like no, you can have it. Like it could be, it could be from, I tried to, I literally tried to just live my life hour to hour. Cause you never know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So many years of therapy have finally taught me that. <laughs> so, <laughs> you, you know, yeah. you, you, you'll start to, even though sometimes it's hard to use those coping skills you learn when you're, you know, in the hospital. With the coloring books and groups. <laughs> don't make friends in group. I learned the hard way. Yes. They so even I. told me, don't drop people off from group. Mm-mm. I learned the hard way. Could, yeah, I, I got too. put in group because my ex, going back a billion years, I had made a joke that I wish I could cut my stomach off and underneath was a six pack. The summer was starting. I just wish I could wear a bathing suit. Like, you know, he told my therapist I was threatened to kill myself by cutting off my own stomach. I'm like, you missed the punchline. They didn't believe me. They put me in freaking mandated group therapy for this. And when I told the therapist at the group center why I was there, she looked at me, she was like, who hates you that much? I'm like, I guess him and I have to break up with him. She's like, but they let you in here. Meanwhile, the girl next to me tried to chop off her own arm because the devil told her. And then another guy kept making jokes about any time I want. He's got some shackles in his basement and a dog bowl of water for me. I laughed. She whispers to me, please don't laugh. He's here for that reason. There I was with that. Swear to God, that's how I got my coloring books. I was like, this is not fun, man. They're like, why are you here? I'm like, that joke. And I can't sleep. And they're like, hmm. Oh, somebody did you dirty. I'm like, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. Yeah, it, uh, being in the ho- in, hospitalized for depression issues is definitely not the, no. the most fun thing in the world to have no, to do. Definitely not. And sometimes you know, it's not even helpful. I mean, some people it really helps. Like, I, I have plenty of family and friends that have done it. I have no shame or stigma on it in any way. It's more sometimes you hear the stories when they come out. I'm like, you ate what? And they said, what? I think the last time I was hospitalized was this time was around this time last year. Mm-hmm. So I finally get brought there from the, like the regular hospital before you go to Butler, so, <laughs> you know, the hospital, the pre, the pregame show. Yeah. They scan you. So, to check yeah. You as she's going. Yep. Get so I get to the actual hospital and they put me in the, they take me up to the, the floor that I'm going to be on whatever. And the person that was my roommate was trying to kill himself in the bathroom. Yep. She was using her Johnny to strangle herself. Wait, clarification, Johnny. What does that mean? 
Johnny. The, the Johnny, the... That's the, what they call the the nightgown so, thing they make you wear. Oh, okay. I was like, oh, no, I don't know that lingo word. I have so many yeah. questions in my I, head. Right I, well, I work... I work in the medical field, so it's always been, like, to me, I've always known it as a Johnny. So well, I, I, cool. I don't even think about it when I just say it. Like, I, I said something well, about... Well, now I know. I learned something. Yeah. I had said something about disposable chucks one day, and somebody was like, what's a disposable chuck? I was like, you know the pee pads that you put under people on their oh, beds? Oh, see, I didn't and, know that either. Yeah, so it's like, oh, and they're like, oh, like a doggy pee pad. I'm like, yes, but for people. <laughs> the best part is I'm a friend Chuck. I'm going to totally be... I'm going to tell him that joke. That's hilarious. All right. Um... <laughs> That's what happens when I put rum in my coffee. Um, <laughs> I was like, wait, Johnny? She killed herself with a guy named Johnny? Was it his intestines? How did this happen? And that's yeah, what the problem. No, when you get like, to put him in a room with him, that's horrible, but it also does not help you. And, like, now you can't sleep, which is always conducive to have good health. So you got one eye open, worrying about, like, bed checks. Oh, I didn't like, even have to worry about that because, like, they were sleeping in the room after that because they had to wait for the doctors to come in in yeah. the morning in order, you know, to assess the situation and I, make sure yeah. she was stable to, before they could move her from there. Yeah. So, Sometimes you know, I really think it's not helpful to a certain extent. It's depending. It's all For me, there's always things, no matter what the category of is, like, if we could just fix these things, then it would really work for everybody versus, like, some of the places and how they do. <laughs> it's not but super thrilling. It's that, that's why I'm I'm like so thankful for like people like Lady Gaga or even The Rock. You know, Dwayne Johnson. Right. They, yeah. He's another one that's you know went through a lot of had a lot of depression issues growing up, and you know you see what they went through. They they're not shy to say what they really went through before they got to where they are. So that's just something right there for somebody that's even at your lowest you can come back and do big things. And I always say silence isn't golden, it's deadly. So the minute you start talking about whatever the issue is, you will find people that will thank you for it because they needed to hear that they aren't alone. And I think that's why it's great that we are always talking about it in one way or the other or addressing it or like just being somebody that could be there for others is the fact of like, when you know there's trustworthy people out there to be like, because it's a vulnerability to be able to say, but hey, we also sad, we're also proving another a, thing. It's women strength. in horror month. It's women right. in horror month. We're women supporting women. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Where always. you know always where where there's we need more women that support one another as opposed to trying to bring one another down. And always fix the crown. You don't need to tell anybody you did it. Just fix the crown and keep going. It's difficult to unlearn something that you've learned your entire life. And it all, you know, not to get all on my, on my feminist high horse, but it all stems from the Do patriarchy. It. You know, yeah. like everything that we've been taught, you know, women are your competition. You know, you're constantly in competition with each other. You <laughs> have to be the best. You have to be the prettiest. You have to be the smartest. And it's like, no, no, it's none of that. First of all, women are not your competition. You know, you see some a, a woman doing better than you, succeeding, good for her. Yeah. You know, strive to get on her level. You want to be like that? Be like that. Do what you need to do, but don't bring her down because you're not at that level. You know, don't don't bring another woman down, you know, another woman down because, you know, she's into something different than you are or she's representing something else or she's, you know, expressing herself differently than you choose to like that's not on her like that's on you like don't don't do that just don't do that 
Yeah, that's projecting your own insecurities onto somebody else versus realizing that there's room for everybody. I mean, think about it. We've been stuck in a pandemic, and we've all binged either movies or books or both. If there weren't tons of people doing that, we wouldn't have enough to be able to get through this freaking pandemic. So the Mm -hmm. fact of, like, having any kind of, like, me versus them or only I should succeed bullshit is really unfortunate because, you know, wait, we got so much great stuff that has come out, whether it's music, books, movies from so many different kinds of people that to even be like uh trying to sabotage anybody is just and unfortunate because it's yeah. we need all the different kinds everybody's a different kind of mm-hmm. note and that's how you make the song and which is why during this pandemic i got my ass into gear back on track for the losing the last of the weight i need to lose to re- reach my goal weight from the weight loss surgery i had five years ago that i i'm so proud of you fell off on got into a stable relationship Yay. from one that was getting abusive. Yes. I'm so proud of you. My first film is going into production soon. <gasps> so I've made the That's pandemic exciting. my bitch. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Yep. I've made the pandemic my bitch. I know Loren's been out there hustling, pushing mm-hmm. her, her <laughs> projects. Yeah. You though, my friends, Miss Ashes, yeah. you're, the, you're technically the quiet one of the three of us right now what has the pandemic helped you do that you hadn't done before or what did it has it pushed you to achieve so it's done a lot i've uh, i'm a i'm a woman in science um total steminist um and i'm currently working on covid projects Wow, cool. So, yeah, yeah, my company is part of the, just just, just a small link in the big biotech chain of, of COVID research happening right now. And uh, within that, I've received a promotion and stuff. So, you know, in my professional life, you know, especially as a, a, a woman in science, you know, being able to, to, I have people working underneath me now, That's which is so fantastic cool. because I love, I'm, I'm a total top. Total top. Love being on top. Norway. Um, Yes, girl. (laughs) She's totally a Bernadette. She's totally a Bernadette, but cooler. Um, But yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, uh, we've done some crazy things with our podcast, you know, where we're growing our brand. Um, I have some stuff in the works that I cannot talk about right now. Uh, You know, some things did get put on the back burner, unfortunately, because of COVID and trying to be safe and everything. But, um, you know, so hopefully, hopefully next year for some of those projects. But it's been um, really crazy and and fulfilling. I've been doing a lot of... uh, Support, you know, kind of uh, being a support system for my husband who released his first non-self-published book, which was huge, you know, being able to do that, especially in... And you you guys, you know, I love, I love the both of you. And I say this out of all love. (laughs) But lately, with everything that Pat's had going on, you kind of got pushed to the back burner a little bit. Oh no, I'm fully aware. Which is why I'm currently <laughs> working on my own stuff. I am uh, in the process of writing. Congratulations! So that's, that's awesome. 
That's the thing that's happening. And yeah, I, I have some other, uh, like little, little leads out there, little bits. Um, so yeah, stuff is happening. It's just, you know, as you know, some things are a really slow process. So yes. put feelers out there first. And then, you know, uh, <laughs> money is also a thing. Of you course. Know? Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, you know, being in the middle of a, a, a pandemic has kind of put the kibosh on some things. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, trying to adapt to certain things and make things happen. But, but yeah, there are, uh, you know, and, and unfortunately, you know, I do need to have a day job, you know, <laughs> to pay the bills and stuff. So I can't, you know, fully commit to uh, some of my passion projects yet. Um, and my day job has been taking up a lot of my time. But yeah, there, there are stuff in the works. So like I said, I can't, I can't say anything yet because I'm not allowed to say anything yet. But there's some really cool stuff coming up this year so oh, i'm so excited that's happy so for you, sweetie, awesome truly. yes i was like like you're not one to you don't you're like me you don't post personal stuff you'll post something witty or you know sarcastic towards something here and there but you don't really post what's going on in your personal life right so yeah. you're you're this the you're that mystery with the pink hair you know so it's it's nice to kind of see you getting out of your shell and letting us know and you know now the whole world that your husband's not the only talented one Oh no, he's not. I tell him that every day. You know, and what's funny is a lot of, uh, and I'm saying all this out of love because I love the oh, both no, of you. No, 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 so, no. You know, I, I, to I see that, I remind him every day. I'm like, you are who you are because of me. Uh, <laughs> don't you forget it. You know, behind every great man is a fantastic woman, and and that's yes, yes. with a great ass. But, you know, I mean, I also have use, so you know, and that's exhausting. You know, trying to, um, I, I do edit a lot of his stuff you know i read a lot of his stuff and give him uh constructive criticism i don't sugarcoat anything especially when it comes to him because i don't want him to because you're not willy wonka i don't want him to produce crap i'm like you know you gotta put some respect on your name you know and now that you have a book out you know i mean yeah he has several books out but you know this was the first book that he didn't publish himself you know and and it got into more hands than you know, some of his previous stuff, I'm like, you know, you've kind of set the bar. So now you need to kind of, you know, up the ante a little more. You need to continue to produce quality stuff or outdo yourself, produce better stuff, you know, and I'm not, I'm not going to let him, you know. Have you found that you guys have been more competitive with one another with things, especially right now with the pandemic going on, just when you, because there is so much extra time together. So, um, it's never a competition. It's never a competition. When he succeeds, I succeed. You know, we're we're absolutely 100% a partnership, you know, and I I love it when he is I know he's talented. I know for sure that he's so talented and the fact that other people are finally seeing how talented he is makes me so like my heart bursts. Like I'm so unbelievably proud of him, you know? Um but at the same time, like, I do things, too. So, you know, I'm just kind of waiting for, not so much waiting for my turn, but I'm creating my turn now. 
Good for you. Yeah. You're just so, waiting for your cards. Everything just needs to fall into place now. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, I know my time is coming and things will happen. Yeah. You know, but I mean, at the same time, I'm so. I know my cards have fallen a lot slower than I would have liked for everything. Not even just doing mm. any of the film stuff. Because, like, I've done so much stuff in this past year that I never would have thought what I would have done. That it's like, wow. And then. So. You know, I've learned a lot. Learned a lot this year. Sometimes you also need to, so I'm learning that I need to take better care of myself and I need to also work on myself. It helps with the creativity level. Anything else. You know, and it's finding that balance between, you know, being an entertainer and, uh, you know, putting stuff out there for the masses and being at peace with myself. I think, and I think the fact that we we all have our own like podcasts, it helps because Mm -hmm. whatever you're feeling throughout the course of the day, you can channel all that energy into something positive because you put all your hard work into that episode. So no matter how shitty your day was, you get to channel all that energy and put something out for the rest right. the positive vibes right. out to the rest of the world. Yes. <laughs> you can go into it with the worst mood ever and then all better. Yeah. Right? You'd be like, oh god damn it, I don't want to fucking record tonight. Like, god damn it. And then you record and you're just like, oh, that was so cathartic. I needed that. That was so much you know, you you feel so much better after the fact, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's just- it's just been, like I said, it's been a, it's been an eye-opening year. I've learned a lot about myself. I've gotten to the point where now everything is like, screw you, screw you, screw you. Oh, and definitely screw you too. <laughs> yes. Yes. Let's have a big yes to that. I have just been so done with, I'm like, it's 2021, sweetheart. I am not the same woman I was last year or six months ago. I don't care. I'm just done with a lot of bullshit how is that was yeah, how is it? last year. You had already started filming The Devil's Lettuce oh, when God, the pandemic yeah. started, right? Uh-huh. Yep. We were in the so middle of it. How <laughs> has that, how much did that affect you? Like So completely. Crazy. <laughs> I can't. Like, dude, I went from filming Yield, it like climbing mountains with a broken back just to get the movie finished, <laughs> to, okay, I'm going to do The Devil's Lettuce like I told everybody. We got into, like, short bit of filming and all of a sudden it was mayday mayday everyone stay in your houses and i was like what like every single sponsor we were supposed to have most of their businesses had to shut down like i've lost more friends than i can even count at this point just on either you know pandemic stuff or like depression stuff people that were supposed to be in the movie were too sick now to even do it like I just, yo. <laughs> but, you know, at the same point, it it's because of my personality in a way. I literally was just like, oh, look, fun, challenges, obstacles. I got this. So that's why, like, we're still filming, but it's still coming out on the same day. It didn't stop it. I just plan. Also, I don't film in snow. It doesn't really work out for filming very well, especially since this movie has nothing to do with it. So I already had planned on taking a huge ass break in between 
beautiful fall and holy shit snow. <laughs> so we're starting to film in the spring. Anyway, and everybody always knows that's how I do it. I don't do summer because if it's 102 degrees out, I don't need any of my actors dying from heat stroke because they got to stand with crap on their face for two hours. I don't right. want to do that either. So I got spring and I got fall and that's how everybody knows. So it lucked out in a way because when it got the most, let's say, aggressive, we were already done filming the section we had planned for so yay i planned it right <laughs> but at the same point it was like okay you know that film i was gonna make hi everybody we're gonna have another group meeting because i edited it again we can't do all that stuff because of a pandemic now of it we got to figure out a new method <laughs> and you know once i go weird southern i have just lost my mind of like stress levels because you know all my different accents and they're all not mocking anybody it just freaking comes out so like i called my my lead manager and i'm like all right, sweetheart, we got some problems. There's a pandemic. What the fuck are we going to do? <laughs> but, like, so now we got the uh, the campaign started as of today for the Indiegogo campaign. And we'll see how it goes because I know everybody's struggling. But at the same point, the people that were able to spend money on stuff they want to still can have a chance. And mm-hmm. I'll do the best I can. You know what I mean? We all still have everything planned out. And I'm stressing, but it's going to be wonderful. I've already even started editing the damn thing because I'm... I mean, what else are you going to do? You're stuck in a pandemic plus all the freaking snow? I can't go nowhere. I live on Long Island. If you know anything <laughs> about Long Island, they take the money and go to Barbados with the freaking money two years ago, and nobody plowed. People freaking died. I'm not freaking kidding. So now that it melted, yay, I might be able to go get toilet paper. But, I mean, <laughs> I, and I don't want to drive into other states and risk other people's lives. So, I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of the snow, and on Long Island, it's a big no, okay? That's the beautiful thing about Walmart and Amazon. Mm-hmm. And I get everything delivered. Delivered, mm-hmm. yeah. I do oh, yeah. Stop and Shop Peapod. Mm-hmm. I do Amazon two-day prime. Those freaking guys know me by name. They know where to leave it. They yell through my window fan, just left it on the porch, Loren. Okay. Like, like we literally try to minimize how often we go to the market. We, yeah, like, I don't think once a week. in a year. Yep. <laughs> no, like, we literally go once a week. And before I dropped one of my clients, I literally, the only, I was, I, I'm like, forget this. I am not going to go back out to the store after I leave work. If I've got to take her, I'm doing my shopping now, too. Yeah. So I'm like. And that's smart. Yeah. Yep. Minimizing yeah. the amount of time I have to spend with people. Mm-hmm. Two birds, one stoner. Uh, yeah, no. Exactly. And with my, I have autoimmune. I have fibromyalgia and I have epilepsy and other stuff. So, like, I've never really been like, I'm going to just wander through Walmart in several years now. So I looked out that before the pandemic even hit, I already had in place, like, everything other comes from Amazon or Peapod, you know, for the most part. I mean, it's rare if I went into a store. I can't remember the last time I went into a store. <laughs> I'm awful. I'm like, at this point, I'm like, oh, and it's a laziness factor. I swear to God, it has nothing else to do with it. It's not like, it's just, oh, I'd rather drive through and get my pills from Walgreens versus like walking in the store and looking through aisles. Nope, nope, I'm going to go home. <laughs> So. I, I, I don't. I'm lazy. I'll, I'll go to the drive-thru all day. I, have I just hate, I don't like to shop. I'm not a normal female. People come up to me and start talking <laughs> and telling me the worst things. The last time I went to Walmart that I can remember, I was even dating somebody. So that's how long ago it is for talking. And the girl came up to me looking like she was totally on something. No judgment. But like, and I'm like, yes. She's like, 
Do you know where I could buy sage? I need to cleanse demons. I'm like, good Lord Almighty, I just wanted to get a succulent from my little freaking desk. (laughs) I was in the plant department, and she's just standing there, and I'm like, eh, and then the stories. So I get really weird stuff that happens when I go out, and it's usually like. Are Are you an empath? Yes, totally. Yeah, yes. yes, people find you. They're like, oh, hey, yeah. I feel a good energy from you. I'm going to yeah, tell you. Mar- like a moth to the flame. Yes. That's, That's why i got to be careful at like, cons. Like, i got to be careful at conventions. I wear so much spiritual protection stuff. and like I have rocks in my jaw. Like, I do, too. <laughs> I always do, too. And it's the kind of thing where like it's usually <laughs> real bad. And it's like, one time I went on a date after, like, many days or whatever, and he goes to put his hand in my bra, and he's like, oh! and I was like, it's one of my crystals, be careful. He's like, I just wanted to get to boob. I'm like, no, no, there's a bunch of crystals in there. Give me a second. Hold on. <laughs> Pull out, like, five pounds of rock. I did. Like, I was just hey. like, and he, and he just kept looking like it was the magic carpet bag. Oh, yeah, like, like, even that, like, I've noticed, I've, I've noticed so many more people are starting to sage and yeah. use crystals and... You know, one of my friends was talking about how her husband for Valentine's Day went to this the crystal pl- spot that she likes to go to. Aww. Went finally went in alone Ooh. without her and picked out a bunch of gorgeous crystals for her for her setup. Aww. And even bought like the pretty bases and everything <laughs> for them. Like she was so excited that he did it all on his own. Yeah, you know? yeah. like you would have thought. You, you know, for most women, that's they. They would be expecting a diamond ring out of all of that. Yeah. yeah. Oh no. no. Crystals. That woosa. The crystals. Give me the (laughs) give me the crystals. The horror movies and sage. I actually have been playing with the crystals since it was funny. The moment before you started talking about crystals, I had put this in my hand. It's rainbow fluorite, and it's love that. And I, it's so amazing for everything. I'm trying to get the camera to see all the different colors. Yeah, you can. You can see like the purples, the black, the gray. There's like a green at the end. So anyway. But it's one of the, I have a black onyx ring I always wear, or at least I try to, um, just because of the different energies. And like you said, as an empath, I felt my friend give birth while I was in New York. She was in California. I was rushed to the hospital because I thought my appendix was bursting. Literally on the way there, I get a text message from her. I gave birth to a little girl. That's the moment it stopped. I was like, pull over, motherfucker. Hold on. <laughs> Literally, that's how much it stopped. So, like, it's not fun. People were like, ooh, what an ability. You also, it sucks because you're a draining. living lie detector. When someone's lying to you, you're like, eh, eh, uh, no. Mm-hmm. And, like, you can't make them tell you the truth. All you could say is, I see you, motherfucker, and that's a boot. No. <laughs> like, right? Like, fuck boys beware. I know oh, you're God. bullshit. Oh, God. Some of them have said some awful stuff about me because I'll just be like, no, I know your game. And they're like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm not like, I'm not like every other guy you've been with. I swear. If you have to tell me that, if you have to tell me you're a nice guy, fuck off. Right? Seriously. I love when they tell me I'm just a simple dude. Then go find a simple chick. You're looking at this one. Are you serious? Right? Who looks at this and goes, a simple man will do for her? No. Uh, now you gotta that's try right, I'm very that my husband gets along with all ten of my personalities. That's, like. that's, that's how you know he's good. I always say I have Lauren, Loren, and Lola. God forbid Lola comes out. You won't even find the body. <laughs> I love it. Uh, the first time I said that to a therapist, I was like a kid. And he was he, he diagnosed me with multiple personality disorder. My mom's like, What? No, that's not. <laughs> I'm like, no, it means like super feisty. You're being mean. I'm going to take you down versus professional versus fuck it. I'm just chilling. 
And mom goes, aha, see why you have to clarify this shit? And then he had to scratch it out of my, like, diagnosis. And I had to find another doctor. She's like, I can't believe this shit. I'm like, I can't believe you bought that crap. Best moment. (laughs) Well, like, that, that, that was, like, my sister when she was, when she was a kid. She had two names. She was, she had, when she was good, she was lovey. And when she was bad, she was like Nicole or something was the nickname my grandmother gave her. Yeah. Because that was it. There was no in between. She was either lovable or she hated you. Mm -hmm. So like. Yeah. She might have been a Gemini. Just kidding. Just the duality. She's a Virgo. Well, there you go. I don't know. She's a Virgo. (laughs) I don't know. I'm a Libra. That means nothing. My moon sign is Taurus and my rising sign is a is Capricorn. So that explains my personality much more than the Libra. So I will kick you in the face, headbutt you if I have to, but I will get justice is basically how I put it. (laughs) What better way to live, huh? Oh, you want to see something really, really cool? So in the movie, I have to play a detective. Have to. Anyway, I'm playing a detective, so I got a gun from Amazon. And when he dropped it off, I'm like, oh, my gun's in. The neighbor ran inside, locked the door. It's a, it's a like an air BB gun. It's not going to have anything in it. But, like, I showed it to a cop friend, and they moved it fast. He's like, you, wait, wait, what, what? Is yeah, that legal? you move like, it what, quick. What? Yeah, it looks real. Right? I was like, freeze, motherfucker. Wait, I'll show you the other thing just because, like, hilarious. So I'm going to keep both of these in my car. And anytime somebody gives me a problem, I'm going to do the weirdest face ever. Like I did to my cop friend. Ready? Please. <laughs> and then just like between that and like, I got my baby gun. By the way, I got it made. It has 1984 on it, which is the year I was born. That's awesome. Right? And I feel like 80s horror. So I was like, out of anything I could pick, 1984 <laughs> is kind of cool. But I just thought that was so funny. It was like, you want to meet my personality? I'll shoot you in the kneecap and then make you apologize for being rude. Let the lady walk us across the street. <laughs> Depending on the neighborhood. Good Lord. No, so I, I couldn't help myself. But, it's like um, it's New York. You live in New York. That would explain yeah. why you're walking around with a gun anyway. Oh, and I got the gun holster. So I got like the side gun holster. So I'm just going to walk around and not have a concealed weapon. And what's, see what that, what's, what's that stupid song? I got the pistol. I'm, I got my, like, oh, some uh, stupid rap song that they play every five minutes on the radio. Oh, I would That know. just totally made me think of it because you said you got the, pis- the gun on your <laughs> I head. I got my gun upon my hip. When you dip, we dip, we dip. <laughs> it's good. It's so good to see that this pandemic has not stopped our personalities. No, it's made it even better. And I've gotten weirder. My poor, like, oh, the people who live with me. I'm sorry. I feel like the word is more fantastic. Yeah, you know, the word is more fantastic. If that's the translation. more colorful. <laughs> Say it with the pink hair. I love it. More colorful. No, I like. I like when she has it. The pink with the purple in it. Well, she's fantastic no matter what. I'm sitting here oh, yeah, she like could, a weird she could, little like bland girl. I was like, damn, her I hair could, did a good job. <laughs> her hair could be pink with purple polka dots right now, and she's still fantastic. Well, thank you're you. Fabulous. <laughs> Remember that song? Oh, Phineas You're fabulous. She said. She like fabulous. I said, my, my delicious divas of darkness. Great, as I'm singing Phineas and Ferb. I did that on set. We were filming in a graveyard. It's after midnight. There's a full moon. We're fucking exhausted. It's, like, way too cold. And all of a sudden, all the females break out into 
the F is for fun from Spongebob. There's literally mm-hmm. a video of us. F is for fun. And like, <laughs> and then they think, I think they did the campfire song. And I, one of the guys on the side, he's like, this is, this, this is really just happening. This is actually happening. Like he was so freaked out. And I was like, <laughs> all right. So now when you stab him in the head, like literally we stopped and went right back to like gore. And I'm like, that's my personality. Half of it. It's like Disney and all sorts of stuff. Like my coffee cup with whiskey in it right now. Oh, <laughs> I love that. That right? cup is great. Oh, I have another one just because, like, right before it, I had some tea. You know how I do. So that's mm. my Maleficent one. Love that. Love. See, the inside, it's like a teal. Mm-hmm. And it sucks because I don't know if you can see it, but it's almost like a damask pattern on the side. Yeah, you can see the damask pattern on it. That's fantastic. Right? So... It's I weird. love the Disney villains. Yes. Like I, I have such a hard on for the Disney villains, and they just yes. released the trailer for Cruella. I know, oh, oh my god, god. Yes. yes! So excited. The so three excited. of us should try to watch it all together somehow. And the and the Wednesday <laughs> the, the Wednesday uh, series on Netflix. Oh my god! Yeah, I saw that too. That Tim Burton's coming out. Too. Do we know yeah. who's playing I Wednesday? Mean, they, they haven't announced much. They just announced that it's happening. And Tim Burton is involved. Right? So Tim Burton like, is I mean, involved. Just, just, that's all you need to say. That's all I need to know, right? Totally, like, I'm, totally. I'm here for it. So here for so it. So we don't know who's going to play Wednesday herself. I feel like it needs to be Christina Ricci. Like, how the fuck do you do that without her? Well, I mean, or I don't know if it's supposed to be the kid be version. Like an animated series or if it's going to be live action. So it's and is she think supposed to be I, the kid and it's from her point of view or is she now an adult and it's like I think it's. I think it's oh. from, from the image I saw, it looks like the kid version of Wednesday. But oh, so it, it also, couldn't be her. Though. But it okay. looks, but it kind of looked like from that like last Adams Family movie that they did. Oh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The, the that cartoony like. Yeah. yeah, with Christina Almost, Aguilera right. singing in it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, not Christina Aguilera singing in it, but <laughs> I, I think Christina Ricci maybe that would be awesome if she came back and even voiced her. Yeah, That's yeah. What, that would be cool. An animated thought. series to get her. I mean, I feel like her, her, she has a, a youthful sound to her she voice does. anyway, so totally. she could get away with that. She's totally a vampire. She doesn't seem to age. She doesn't. <laughs> Better. She, she's like a fine wine. Fine wine. Exactly. Because, she uses that, you know, special facial. There's a, there's a, there's a, a, a painted picture of her somewhere aging, but she's not. Right, Dorian Gray, is so good. By the way, what was that show, Penny Dreadfuls? They fucked up the Dorian Gray character completely. Did he was they never. Really? Yeah, they were never. Dorian Gray in the book would, could not see his own painting; otherwise, he dies and transitions back into the age he's supposed to be. So dust and blah, whatever. In the Penny Dreadful show, his painting is just like, there it is. And he shows somebody and they're both just like staring at it. And I'm like, <laughs> Velociraptor sounds of a frustration. Like, where did you do this? That's not correct. So, you know, <laughs> upset hands come out. It's not even jazz figures. Just like, ah, wait, no, that's not correct. You're teaching people incorrect information. I'm not happy. So It's sad when the character, they, they, they do the character better in the chilling <laughs> adventures of Sabrina. Yes. Because yes. his picture was in a closet yes. that he never opened. Correct. Yeah. That's why. I, and that's why I was like, yay, okay. Because I was waiting for it. I was like, if they do it too, I don't know what's going to happen to my brain right now. It might explode just like out of frustration. Because that's the whole fucking premise of that one character is that yeah. he can't see his own painting. And right. then you're like, he can look at it and heal himself? What? <laughs> this is not a super 
idea for folks? This was not how that story went. Well, that's why, but, but that's like anything though. Like I just that would make that would be I like just, making hide. Like, I've a literally fairy watched. Like, I've literally watched the entire Viking <laughs> series up to date. Had amazing. never watched it, and I love. So good. I like watching stuff that is accurate for whatever it's supposed to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do your research and keep to what it's supposed to be about. Don't make it so outlandish that people are going to be like, that's not how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and call, and call bullshit. Or or all those people that are now going to quote it like it's fact at you when you read it. And they're like, I got it from the TV show. It doesn't mean anything. I mean, <laughs> Practical <laughs> Magic, the movie versus the freaking book. Totally yeah, two different you know things. You're talking to. <laughs> I mean... You see the connection? I mean, when they do it at a con at me, I'm like, there's no place to, like, hide behind a screen to, like, take my time and then develop a kind answer. My face just goes, what? Like Now, question for you both. Being women in horror, do you find, you know, either in, in your day-to-day or on social media or at, you know, conventions that used to happen once upon a time, <laughs> um, do you find men trying to mansplain oh God, yes. horror films to you, like either different concepts or tropes or like, you know, you're a woman, so clearly you don't understand this horror film at all. Let me explain it to you. Mm-hmm. About all sorts of stuff. Oh, I love when they go to start doing that and then they use their classic line. <laughs> I was just kidding. You really should be able to take a joke. No, you were mansplaining and talking down to me like I was a fucking idiot and now don't know what to do because you're terrible yourself. Yeah, like, been, oh, no. I, I <laughs> I've been lucky happen. on that one. I, I Guys mm-hmm. don't even attempt. They try it all the time with me. This yeah, face, no, I know. They, with like, me, they don't attempt to go against me with horror stuff. they say something incorrectly and you're like, no, actually. Yep, they hate actually, that. This uh-huh. is what happened. This yep. person was actually the one who played the killer. Yeah. So get out of here with that. I had a panel at a convention. I don't remember which one it was. I had my own women in horror panel talking about conquerors versus victims kind of in women in horror. So, you know, the Wendy Torrance versus, you know, the Alice character kind of mentality stuff in movies. And I'm 20 minutes into it. And a guy comes in from a side door, all sorts of loud, moves a chair, sits down. He's media, so it should be loud. And he asks me this question. And it was something like, because my brain broke for a second. It was something <laughs> like, excuse me, I just have a question, like, interrupting me completely. He's mm-hmm. like, why do you think women have caused a downfall in horror for us since the 70s? Yep, see that face? And I was like, <laughs> and I had been drinking Jack since 9 a.m. I am that person. I don't give a fuck. That's how I handle a con. So now I stopped. I blinked a bunch of times, which is one of my warning symbols. And I looked at the audience and I said, I'm sorry. I'm trying to figure out what a nice way of responding. And they go, fuck it, Loren, just do it. And I nailed him. I'm like, actually, (laughs) by the time I was done, he apologized, left the room, came, found me at my table to tell me I did a great job handling that. He was just testing me. Yes, queen. And I looked at him. I was like, you were testing me. I said, let me just be quite clear. The fact you feel the need to test anybody shows your issue. You should go home and get some therapy and never, ever speak to a woman like that again. Because please remember, while you're sleeping, any woman can make you a eunuch. I said, and we're all <laughs> staying in the same fucking hotel, and I guarantee I'll have an alibi. Don't ever fucking pull that shit on any woman ever again. Because all that makes you look like is a tiny dick dude. 
I said, so why don't you go write your article anywhere you want, but don't do it near me and don't pretend we're friends because you pulled some nonsense. Any other woman, I don't know if they would have handled so well. I said, so let's not see each other for the rest of the event and you remember your manners next time. <laughs> Yo, they're always shocked. Oh my God, dude. There is no reason why I need to be nice to you. There is no code saying that because you're buying me a drink or giving me a compliment, I should be like, oh, my God, thank you. Uh Uh-uh. We bleed for seven days and live. You can't. Remember your place. (laughs) True story. Right? I've said that to dudes where they're getting in my face all angry about how dare I say no to that at a con. I'm telling them they can't come in my bedroom because I looked at them. They're going, whoa, God, tease this, that, the other. I'm like, bro. I can bleed for seven days and go do laundry and make my coffee. I said, if you let's see how long you can bleed for in the same way. If you could keep up with me, we can come back to this conversation. But in seven days, if I'd you're like dead, to see, I'd like to see a guy have a baby. <laughs> I'd love to see a guy. Okay, I see how <laughs> I see how you know I see how I some know. men are when they have a cold. So okay. you know, honestly, <laughs> we wouldn't have to worry about rape or anything else if men were more concerned about their assholes being raped. That's part of the point. They don't think about it. It has nothing to do with them. So a hole is a hole in a girl, so it's allowed. Nah, motherfucker, nah. The fact that most date rate kits are not being tested because it's not valid cost is a huge freaking deal that we still have to deal with. The fact that they don't think that it's even equal. Meanwhile, I look at them, I'm like, I got a bunch of guys that think a hole is a hole too. And when you say no, they'll make you really understand why no is a complete statement and your asshole is going to be bleeding, going to need stitches. They go, oh, I'm like, that's how women feel. <gasps> look, you now understand, motherfucker. Right. True story. And that's the sad part. We shouldn't need to go to that place for them to get a concept of what it is if it was them. They procreate, they bring out little girls, and they allow this shit to continue by enabling and blinding, and, oh, I'm not seeing it, it's not my shit, da 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 and we got to stand up for each other? That's why women are badasses. Because every time I see anybody try to bullshit, I'll walk into it. It's not my problem, but I'll look at them and go, you're a little drunk, and you're a little loud, and you're getting a little aggressive, and nobody should have to take your shit. You're either going to sit down or you're going to be stopped. Let's go. Like, <laughs> that's why I have my skills. It's like, yeah. yeah, pick your battle. And most women don't have self-defense skills. They haven't been taught takedown methods and, like, how to take a gun or a knife out of hand most or what to do. women have been taught to just take it. Yes. Just shut up and take it. And that is not okay. Not at all. Like, you that's why I get feisty. no and you can mean no. And if they stand up, you stand up, too. Go ahead. Stand up. Mm-hmm. You want to stand up? If that's your reaction, I'll stand up and I'll rip your dick out. Oh, self-defense. <laughs> yep. I'm telling you, they just start blinking. Like, what's my next move? Going, oh, I was just messing with you. I wanted to see what you were going to do. Right? Yeah. Oh, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. You can't take a joke? Like, whatever. And it's like, okay. Or, oh, I bought you a drink. I should be allowed to touch your ass, bro. I never want to buy me a drink. No, I don't yeah, have to buy drink. drinks. They'll bring me a drink. I'm gonna be like, oh, you should ask for this. I only, I only buy ashes. I only buy ashes drinks, and they have to be blue and light up. That's why I bring my own alcohol. That's why I bring my own drinks. That's why it's under the table. That's why it's all closed mm-hmm. up in a certain way. If I come back and certain stuff isn't done a certain way, I know somebody tampered with it. I'll throw it out because I've had people try to spike my drink with date rape drugs. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've, I've... Been there, done that. Been there, done like, that. Yeah. Why were they surprised? In public, I'm not. I'm, I'm holding on to it. I'm not putting my drink down. Yeah, no, we're I at a convention, and they're like, "Hey, you know, you can put your drink over here." It's like, no, no, no. I'm not holding on to it. You know how many girls don't understand this at all? Never they don't have any concept. Mm-hmm. They have no concept. I've had guys follow me into elevators, try to follow me into bathroom because I just made eye contact. Like, 
Oh, you made eye contact. I know what you want. Bitch, I want you to get out of the fucking bathroom. What are you doing? I'm going to pee. Go fuck off. Literally, in your own room with yourself. Crazy because it's almost like, you know, especially like at conventions and stuff, you meet some amazing people. Yes. At horror conventions, you meet some amazing people, some really respectful people. I and you know, we've, you. All, we've all, exactly. <laughs> and we've all been in the position where we've all been vendors yes. at these, you know, you know, not only patrons, but vendors. Yep. And, you know, I am so incredibly grateful that I haven't been at you know, in a situation where I've been at these things by myself, it's I've scary. always got somebody there with me, you know, usually, yeah. you know, Patrick, my, my yeah. husband, or, you know, um, yeah, somebody okay. else there with me, you know, mm-hmm. um, because I see what happens and I hear these stories. Yeah. I, I drive by myself. I do the conventions by myself most of the time. Cause I don't have the help or I don't have help that I can trust at, you know, that like some of the people that I might love, but they got schedules that they can't help me out with, mm-hmm. or it's not the world that they can live in. You know, it doesn't work for them, whatever. So like I've done cons where I've had to drive eight or 10 hours to a place by myself. Like there's no safe place to pull over. I pulled over once at a rest stop thinking that was a safe move. Every guy friend was like, no, because a guy literally flew over to where I was and tried to get in my car thinking it was like, hookup time i was terrified i just thought i should pull over and calm down for a few minutes i've been at vendor tables where they've come over thinking they should put their hands in my shirt like and was like what you're a vendor you're a guest this is what you're supposed to be allowed to do like nah like it's bad when you're by yourself and you don't have any protection so to speak and when you're like no that's fucked up you're just a bitch diva or you know oh it's just that that's that's why i just stay with my that's why i just stick with my my people and Mm -hmm. that's it that's why i don't if you want to if you want to if you if you want to say that i'm clicky i'll you know this is the click i have now is way different than those high school clicks I was not that person. It's Still tribe, that baby. Person. It's tribe, not exactly. Click. That's why. That's different. the right word. Yeah. I stick with my people. I know who I'm safe with. I know who I'm, I can hang out with exactly. at conventions where there's not going to be a problem. Yeah. Like our hotel We rooms. have our family. <laughs> exactly. We have our family. And that's really why very often after that first hour at like the VIP party that you kind of have to stay for or whatever, like I'm out because most of the time, Melissa, do you remember the con we did where the guy came out with a bottle of wine in one hand and like a bottle of vodka or something in the other? We're and just trying to, it. and he poured it on my fucking shoe, and he's like, "You want some?" And he's mixing them, thinking he's a. He was pouring, trying to get in he, my room at one point. A, a oh. bottle of vodka in one hand and a bottle of wine in the other, and he's like literally pouring from both of them into his mouth. It was disgusting. <laughs> you do not do that. And he poured it on my shoe. <laughs> you do not treat wine that way. Excuse me. Right. And he poured it on my goddamn shoe. I just wanted to punch him in the face for it. Where so. the fuck are your manners? Absolutely not. Don't you and he was like, shit on my shoes. I paid good money for those. Right? Like, I was twitching by that moment. Because, like, he was already, you know how... Because he was already... Half, you, 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 could, you can tell. You can tell he was already three sheets to the wind and should have been cut off hours ago. And that's how I wind up turning into, like, protector mode, where all of a sudden I'm like, I, now I can't go upstairs because there's girls that don't understand. Right? So it's almost like the, 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 the mom mode. Like, yes. I got a mom friend, you know? Yes. Like, okay, where are my girls? Like, yes. Where are they? 
how inebriated are you? Yep. What do you need? Who's yep. with you? Who's around you? Exactly. You, know, like, you, 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 <laughs> and, and it'll be like, I'm exhausted. You know, I'm an old married whore. I'm ready to go to bed. <laughs> like, you know, like, and girls are still here and they're still partying. Like, I'm going to be here making sure yep. that A, they're still having a good time. Because I don't want to, you know, stroll in in the, to the convention the next morning and have them walk in and be like the worst thing happened last night. And you know what? There have, there have unfortunately been stories like that, that have happened because girls have gone and they've gotten so drunk trying to make an impression on some, one of the celebrity guests that are there. So, you know, they just get to that point where they're absolutely sloppy (laughs) and it's like, all right. Do I mind my business or do I oh, take I her little drunken ass uh, back to where she needs to go? I usually go with taking her little drunken ass back to where she needs to go, so she. I usually go up to the dude. I go up to the dude and I go, "You're just a man that smells like beef and cheese," and he's like, "What?" And then I go, <laughs> "Now that you're paying attention, you're a dude that thinks somebody this inebriated is hot. I'm watching you, and I will be the person that will report you to the police and tell your wife." I said, mm-hmm. "This homie don't play." I said, so you want to make some real good choices this weekend, sweetheart? Don't you? Swear to God. He went right <laughs> really, to his fucking room. It's cute to see their expressions when you threaten to tell their wives. Oh, I've been a character witness in somebody's divorce. How do you know I'm married? Oh, me be the wife. I love the wife's wife. Or, <laughs> mm-hmm. no, it's all some bullshit. And, you know, and at the same point, there are amazing moments. I love cons after here saying all that shit. I love them so much. It is like my oxygen. That's why we keep going. Yeah. (laughs) I love working at a con. I love being behind the table and meeting new people. I love standing on a panel and talking bullshit. Like, it's it's a beautiful place. Right. I'm so jonesing for a fix right now because it's seriously since we've been able to safely have a convention. And, you know, regardless of all of the the bullshit that that, that happens, the the good definitely outweighs the bad. Totally. You know, and being able to make, I mean, I met you two at conventions, yeah. you know, yeah. like being able to form friendships and bonds and, you know, meet people, especially at horror conventions, you know, it yes. really brings uh, a different, a lot of different people together mm-hmm. because, you know, you, you see people at horror conventions who really look like they deserve to be at a horror convention. <laughs> yeah. You know? Then you see the people who look like they just came from like the golf course, yep. you know, and, and, or, or like the people who just look like they came, they, they rolled out of bed and came from class or something. You know, like <laughs> you get the, the, all of these different people. That's um, all the cosplayers. Oh, my, my favorite now. I love to go. And it's the little ones. Yes, yes, the little ones. Yeah. The, little ones yes. the babies that are dressed up like Tiffany from Child's Play. Yes. Do you remember the parade the, of all the little kids walking the, in costumes? Yep, they the did the Halloween parade. Yep. That made me think of it. They're all like they, all was, excited. There was this one little boy at the last Scarecon that yes, we had in Framingham. Yeah. There was a little the boy. There was a little yes at the castle. There was a little boy that was dressed up as Edward Scissorhands. Yes, and he had the I'm knives on his. Yes, he was just so cute, and he was just standing there like all nonchalant, not even realizing what he was doing, just clicking the knives together. Yeah, just because I think it was just the sound. Out, of not, course, yeah. But he looked the way he. I I took a video. I I made sure it was cool with the mom, and I took a video of it, and he's just standing there like. Eh, just like, you know, with the knives all cute and stuff so I'm like like they're great for that reason oh yeah 
And there's so many different, like, individual creators, like, stuff you can't find other places, either shirts or individual items made by hand and all sorts of stuff where you're I like, to, you I made did, that? Like, are you kidding me? I wow. was in Audrey 2's <laughs> mouth. That's amazing. I got That's to kinky. sit in Audrey 2's <laughs> mouth. That's kinky. She did oral with yeah, Audrey Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always going to say my boys got, my boy got eaten by Audrey. Yes, <laughs> that's the taint, and only the taint. <laughs> my boy, one of my boys was eaten by Audrey. Matches, <laughs> matches came back into this conversation like, whoa. He's like, whoa. whoa. This is actually Joey Lawrence over here. There is no Matt. <laughs> there is no Matt, only Jolie Lawrence. All right, ladies, let all these great people know how they can find you if they don't know. Uh, Ash, you want to go first? Sure. So you can find me on my own personal social media. You can search for Ashes Von Nightmare, spelled N-I-T-E-M-A-R-E, on the Facebooks. Or you can find me on Instagram and Twitter, both at the same handle, Miss Von Nightmare. Or you can find me every Thursday on Throwdown Thursday. You can follow us at www.throwdownthursdaypodcast.com. That has links to all of our social medias. And our podcast is kind of cool. I do it with my husband, who's pretty fucking fantastic. And uh, we cover characters the same way other podcasts cover film reviews and stuff. So we do a review of a character uh, and a plethora of different characters from different genres, including horror, sci-fi, fantasy, you name it, we do it. There's something Uh, for everybody on Throwdown Thursday. Yes, yes. And uh, we have some great guests. Actually, our episode coming up, so uh, the episode coming up this Thursday. It's kind of cool. It's a little different than our usual format. We're actually interviewing a true crime writer. And she's so I'm heavily I love true crime. Like I'm a typical millennial basic chick when it comes to true crime. I love it. Um, I love the gore aspect of it. But I also love the the putting the pieces of the puzzle back together and everything. Like I just I, I, I live for that kind of stuff. Um, so not only is she a, a true crime writer, her most recent book that she's uh, promoting on the episode is about a cold case. And this cold case is a little different because she has ties to this cold case. So it's not just somebody writing about it like, uh, you know, somebody like uh, learning about it, wanting to learn more about it and writing about it as a third. She's not, yeah, she's not just an outsider looking in. Right. She actually has ties. It was her former mother-in-law who perished. Wow. wow. So it, it, she goes into detail about everything. It's, it's, I, I, the interview is amazing. And I wish I had had more time with her and the conversations that I had off air that I can't really talk about because you need to read the book. Um, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Um, you can also find me if you're a sports fan. If you can see my background, there's a lot of sports shit. Um, you can find me on the loudest sports show uh, where I am slashes the hockey guru. I love hockey. I live for hockey. The NHL is my bread and butter. So, uh, yeah, that's where uh, that's where you can find me. Awesome. I'm going to listen to the episode. I can't wait. <laughs> you know, because okay. Ashes, wasn't, Ashes wasn't already my girl crush. Now I just, I might have to make Pat divorce her and marry her myself. 
you know, um, we, we, maybe we can open it up a little bit. There's plenty to go around. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like this, I'm, I'm, I'm usually, you know, our episodes are pretty great to begin with, but like this one being different from our usual format, um, having the, it, it's, it's beyond, beyond anything I could ever, like, she's a f- fantastic mm-hmm. guest. Looking forward to it. It's ridiculous what she went through. How about you, Miss Loren? Bless you. I am. <laughs> I'm Loren Malloy, Port Carol Burnett, Port Joan Crawford. No. <laughs> um, I'm Loren Malloy. I am a director, producer, as well as author. I have seven books out, three novels, one about a immortal cannibalistic woman's killer, a one about a serial killer that's like a lust killer, and one about demons and haunted houses and things like that. So make sure you look up Loren Malloy on Amazon.com for those books. And I have a movie that's coming out at the end of August on Friday the 13th, 2021, called The Devil's Lettuce Movie. Right now, we're doing an Indiegogo campaign where you could even get credits like being on set with a celebrity or even getting producer credits. So check The Devil's Lettuce Movie out on Indiegogo. And you can find me on all social medias. <laughs> I think I got all of them at this point. So <laughs> Instagram, it's Loren, L-O-R-E-N, underscore Malloy, M-O-L-L-O-Y. Twitter, it's just Loren Malloy. <laughs> and uh, Facebook, look up Loren Malloy, and you'll find all my stuff. So that's me in a nutshell. I also have Delvin Talk Show on Tuesday nights with my co-host, Jessica Felito, And we delve into all sorts of interesting topics. We go from serial killers to UFOs to aliens to, oh, my, metaphysical stuff. And we even have guests that are professionals in the different fields come on and explain how to handle things. Uh, we have a Paranormal 101 episode that's coming on where we have Ernie Atwell and his co-worker going to explain all the 101s about ghost hunting for yourself so you make sure you're doing it right and the episode after that is actually going to have a hoodoo specialist come on yes he's a hoodoo priest and he's an incredible healer that's even helped me so that's the delve in talk show which you can find on facebook and anchor and spotify and youtube so find me on youtube too please subscribe we want to get to those 1000 subscribers so i could do some really fun stuff finally so that's me in a nutshell and hashtag happy horrors you can find all sorts of stuff about me so happy horrors, everybody. And thank you for letting me be on the show with you guys. You all, thank you for joining us. Now, this has been a little bit different episode of Shock Treatment because the ladies have all taken over. You know, <laughs> the queens yes, have arisen. <laughs> so, we'll, yes. So we'll catch you all <laughs> on another normal episode with Matt on Tuesday. We'll be recording our next episode. I forget who's this week, but... It's been crazy, <laughs> but thank you guys for joining. It's been so much fun, and I think we really need to talk about this idea of starting up our own talk show with all the girls. Yes. Uh, I'm I'm ring, <laughs> ring, <laughs> ring. <laughs> ring, ring, ring. Hello. Hello. How's Hello. everybody doing? Good. How are you? We're doing. This is Matt from Shock Treatment with Mel and Maddie. How's everybody doing? Excellent. How are you, sir? Doing well. At the beginning of the show, we didn't want to announce I, I died. I died. <laughs> but I've come back from the dead, so I wanted He's to call in. Took three so days. Are you, are you a zombie? Yes. No, I'm back. I'm, I'm, I'm back. Reanimated? I'm back. I'm reanimated. I, did, I wasn't dead that long, so I didn't have to turn into, like, the rotting flesh didn't happen yet. 
Zombie. I, ca- I caught the end of this episode. This was very good. You all should be very proud of yourselves. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yay. It was very good stuff. I had a question for you both. Both the, both of the folks over there. Guest. Okay. Um, what are your favorite? Who are your favorite serial killers? I know you both said in the end they both said you got down with that stuff. Oh, Richard Kuglinski is definitely the first one. The Iceman. They don't technically yeah. put oh, him in serial guys, killer. Uh, my computer decided to go stupid on me. That's okay. But at least I thought you died too. <laughs> so Richard Kuglinski is definitely yeah. one, and then H. H. Holmes is the other. Just mm-hmm. because I do like Jack the Ripper, and I had to study him for the Very Devil Herself book, but um, I feel like. H.H. H. Holmes is such an interesting, almost not having an answer serial killer in a way. And Richard Kuklinski, he just didn't give a fuck. I mean, he used rats at one point just to videotape to see what it did. So he makes me excited as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan. They don't get, yeah, you're right about that. And I'm not classifying him a serial killer because of the mafia thing. Yeah. yeah, but I think I that's sad though, because I mean, if you watch the HBO Iceman specials, like, so amazing. I rewatch those a lot. Unfortunately, I'm like, this is dude is my homie. I think we could be friends. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I was so excited for that movie, and uh, it was a little disappointing. Mel, yeah. am I upsetting you? I came in. I came in. A boy rushed the show. Sorry, you guys. My feel, internet decided to act no worries. up on me. I did it after the show, so at least it wasn't enduring, girl. So you that's true. Like, Silver linings, you know, yeah. like I can still so, hear you. So ashes. I was saying, is it is it like? I guess it can be anybody who kills in big amounts. Shay for me to say Ted Bundy. No, no, because he's very I'm handsome. So, I'm so you can even go with the president him because of the whole double life thing that he led. Yeah. The fact yeah. that you know he he had the girlfriend with who had the kid and he yeah. was the, the family man and kept up appearances as far as that's concerned his parents had no clue because you know he was a good boy <laughs> hear that from the mother my son was a good boy um you, you look know, like zach efron for you know what's <laughs> <laughs> you know, funny watch out for those pretty boys next door you know, and but but to hear the brutality and 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 really, you know, I I, I watched the Ted Bundy tapes on Netflix. I did watch the Zac Zac Efron uh, Bundy film on Netflix as well. And no one has really been able to capture the brutality. Like they always seem to, uh, almost like um, they're too scared to take it back him away. a little bit. Like he, he was he was fucking brutal. Yeah. Like he gutted some of those girls. Uh-huh. No, like it was, him, yeah. it was, it was ridiculous. And I do have a, so not so much a favorite um, killer, but a favorite cold case is the Black Dahlia murder. Oh my God. Yes. yes. I love some of the conspiracy theories around that. Was it the mafia? Was it this other serial, I forget the name, but this other serial killer who, you know, it follows, um, it follows the pattern of another serial killer, but that was in another state. Yeah. So it, it's it's weird. It's really weird. And the fact that they haven't been able to really pinpoint anything. And she was cut so precisely. And her body was cleaned. Yeah. And, you know, it's just uh, that I, I, I love. Had to have skills. That's so it's like, just be like, a, a, mort- a mortician probably killed her. That sounds like the work of Alex Hawk, actually. <laughs> the, um... <laughs> To go back to Ted Bundy real quick, his death was like he got the insult to injury death because he was so handsome. 
But when he got electrocuted, he looked like Larry from the Three Stooges when it burnt up. <laughs> yeah. So, like, and the women, the women loved him. And the same thing with the Night Stalker. Like that, I think that's what's, what's more it? alluring to me about some of these serial killers is the way the women respond to them. Yeah. Send them letters in prison. Yeah. Marry them while they're in prison. You know, well, they, that's they, like they, Charles Manson. Do you remember the last one? She yeah. was going to marry him so that her and the boyfriend could steal the body. And keep his body somewhere, and he only found out like seconds or days before he was going to marry this chick, and that was like the plan from the very beginning. Is they just wanted like his body as a souvenir or something in their house? I'm like, what are you going to do? Make a lawn table? Like what's going on? Anyway. They're going to put him outside as a lawn gnome. Yeah, I shellacked him. It's good, you know. Like what? We opened a museum. I was like, this is a real serial killer. I fucked him for a day in confinement camp. What happened? Uh, and you're right. It's so many women go crazy over these serial killers, and it's mm-hmm. like, why? That takes liking the bad boys to a whole new level. Right? Like, I understand the allure of a rebel, but, like, this is, this is beyond, this is beyond. You made a woman stress out of women and wore it, but I'll fuck you, sure, I love you. Right? You can, you can kill me and wear me after, like. I'll be your coat hanger. What? I volunteer as tribute, like, (laughs) sure. I'll be the ultimate death. What? Stop this. Damn it, women. Come on, come on, stop this. Do better. God damn it. Do better. Or make a sex tape so at least the world can see it. You can make a real good profit off of that. Then I understand. I don't want to do it, but I'll, I'll, I'll record it for you. I'll edit it. <laughs> I'll put it on YouTube now. So it sounds like we're making a sequel to a Serbian film. Jesus. I probably would if I could get away with it. Um. But yeah, that's the other thing with Richard uh, Kuglinski, by the way, is the fact that he had a family that, you know, just didn't really like him, but he was able to have this separate life. And I think the fact yeah. that so many serial killers are able to have, like, this life where they see, like, what was the BTK normal? killer? BTK, uh, BTK killer. Exactly. He had it, a family that they thought was, like, whatever. And you're like, that man hurt all those people? Yeah. Because it's amazing how many people think, like, serial and killers look scary. children after. Yeah, but how many people think, oh, that guy's got to be a serial killer. He's scary looking. Meanwhile, every serial killer, you're like, ah, like, maybe he's not us, but, oh, Ted Bundy, he's cute. Oh, Richard Ramirez, he's what's cute. Your, what's your take on society's opinion of how Kuklinski did it for, like, for money as a mob hit and the other ones did it for pleasure? I feel like that makes sense because he has no inner, like, good emotions. So, like, if you want to make me put in effort, pay me. Otherwise, I don't really give a fuck. And that's mm-hmm. part of the reason he was able to last so long was because it was, you know, non-emotional connections. That's why he got caught was that last one they fucked with, like, threatening his family or something. And he was like, all right, now I'm done. Like, that's the snap mm-hmm. where before yeah. that, he was like, oh, look, there's rats. There's a cave. There's a camera. I'll come back from the body later. Don't worry. Here's his head. Like he was ballsy. He shot a guy in a car next to him and told him, "I like your car." Like he's my favorite guy. <laughs> he's amazing, but, but I think that's why he was able to get away with it so well. Was it was all like, "Here's a hit, do it." Otherwise, we kill your family. So there's an extra initiative for right. him, I plus think, money. I try to model my life after him. Oh, good lord! <laughs> Real quick, fun fact: uh, Alex Hawk's character in DJ Stan the Man is named after him. Oh wow! Really? I seen the, I seen those HBO documentaries when they came out and was blown away. I love so them. Good. Anybody who hasn't seen them, go go search them out. 
They're on Amazon Prime. They're on yeah. YouTube. I watch them way too often. When I need to calm down, I watch them. Let's put it that way. He's, he's the most gangsters of gangster. Dude, yeah. and the way he sits there, just kind of like smooth daddy. Like, and then, you know, so I shot him in the face. My, like, <laughs> no, yes. <laughs> the upstate of gangster. They killed him shortly after. Somebody in prison killed him, whether it be the, the guards or the or the inmates. But Makes yeah. sense, though. He was starting to say some extra information just oh, to was, fuck it. That dude's super gangster. I remember he had he has lines like he's like I, he has lines like I like to get up close to people, so when mm-hmm. I kill them, they can think of me forever. Yes, like get like what? No. First God. time I watched that, I took that line. Somebody was getting all crazy with me in the streets and like late at night, and I said it, and they were just like, "Oh damn!" I was like, "Oh, put that in my pocket and keep that one." I like that. Like there was that one, you had one guy where he he had so much fun killing him. He wish he could do it again. Yes. Oh, <laughs> um, oh, the dude, the most gangster of all was he brought a dude in the woods and the, he's like, I'm bringing this guy in the woods. And he's all, oh, God, no, please, God, here and there. So I, I tell him, I say, you can have five minutes and you can talk to God. And if God tells me you can live, I'm going to let you live. Yeah. So I gave him his five minutes. God never came. And I was like, What? <laughs> I clapped just like that when I watched it the first time too. That should, like, be, What's wrong with that should be the like, beginning. Yes. That should be the beginning of every like hip hop album and like <laughs> metal album. <laughs> Seriously, and I think he's so undervalued because he got put in a separate category. Maybe just because mm-hmm. they were like, if we put him in the same category, he'll, copycats might want to try this shit. But if we put it under mob; it's not the same thing. So like, I don't right. know. But like, he is badass to the extreme because it is that smooth like. Mm-hmm. You know, with the rings and just like, so then I pulled up next to his car and I said, nice car. And I shot him in the head. Done. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. I'm like, you're like my uncle I never had. Can we be friends? You're so from New York, it's ridiculous. To go back to the thing real quick about earlier with the difference between the serial killers and the mobsters is you want these, you know, you want mobsters as friends because you want somebody walking with you. Mm-hmm. That if somebody starts ruckus, they're just gonna kill him. Was mm-hmm. I supposed to say that? You're um, totally allowed. <laughs> I give you permission because like, it's a truth. But, but no, you don't want to about serial killers that you got to worry about, you know, killing you. Well, technically, just be careful of anybody who owns a butcher shop, sweetheart. That's one of the first things I, I, I always usually tend to. You like you like cutting up people, and you really, really like it, but you want to go mainstream. What about a bookshop shop? Yes? Okay, we'll get you a bookshop shop there. Okay. You have your little <laughs> knives, and then just keep your area clean, you know? So <laughs> I'm telling you, either a pig farm or a butcher shop. That's why I like uh, that. That's why day. when you walk into a butcher shop, it reeks of bleach. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. In that back room, most people don't go check. Mm-hmm. By the way, if you see a place and it just has soccer on on the street, just be like, oh, this ain't the bakery. And get the fuck out of there. <laughs> Same thing with barber shops. All of a sudden, oh, it's just soccer. Nobody has hair on the floor and they're just sitting there and it looks like there's a light on in the back room you don't need the haircut today sweetheart find another place mm-hmm. <laughs> because all that stuff winds up being interconnected with them so it's like uh-uh. <laughs> but i think that's one of the reasons some of them got away with it is because they had this very clean cut or very smooth operator kind of like they had charisma. a going on yeah, they had the charisma. I mean, the BTK killer, wasn't he like a forest ranger or something? I don't remember. But he was kind of like a professional, like you respected the man. And then all of a sudden, like you went from, I respected the man to blah. You know, like, like an adult Cub Scout, actually. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine him bringing Boy Scouts around? 
from But that's like, what was it, John Gacy? Oh. Uh, uh, talking about the Duke now? <laughs> no, the, um, the the one that was the clown. with the, yeah, John Wayne Gacy. John okay. Gacy. I was playing. Like, I know, but I wanted to make sure I said the right words, because sometimes with the fibromyalgia, I'm like, He's, what did I say? But yeah. I was in an antique shop in Florida, and I stepped under this archway and got so physically ill, I had a backup, and my friend had to catch me. We yeah. look up, and above the arch is a painting by him, signed by him, that they confiscated and has proof that it was one of the last paintings he ever did that had the children's blood and everything in it. That's how oh, sick wow. I like we had to pull me out of the shop. Dude, wow! I've always wanted one of those paintings, but I know about no children's blood. No, I, well, he he said like he the, the, that's the case. I don't want it no more. Supposedly, he kept the outfit on after he killed was when he painted, and he would use the blood. That's why there's lots of reds in the painting. Now, there's discrepancy every time I t- we talk about this, me and whomever. So you'll yeah. you'll get somebody who would say, "No, that's not true. That was just added in for fun." And I'm like, I don't know. Because, wow. like, he didn't wash it up. He just decided, now I'm going to paint myself as the clown again. He, uh, I was, I'm actually a survivor. I scrambled out the window. And he was never painted up when, when I was, when I, when, Dude, I, when I had my so bad. With uh-huh. So bad. But, I mean, You're he's another control. one. He was, like, a clown or whatever. And yeah, all these bodies yeah. buried under the, uh, other, under co- the stairs. Like, of course. I think he's one of the most notorious of all time. Right. I thought yeah. I, I thought I was going to hear his name before because of his gimmick of the clown makeup is so horrific in itself. Right, and that's why like we're there's supposed to be like a uh, a clown uh, character in the movie I'm doing, like as yeah. a hallucination creepy. And they're like, "Do you want to make him look like that?" I'm like, "No, because it's too on the nose." <laughs> Get my clown ah. on the nose. Ah. Uh, Jamie Balsamo. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, yeah. But um, but I, I do think it's interesting with the whole Gacy thing being a clown because nobody does background checks. Same thing with ice cream truck guys. What about the, um, the ice killer? He literally mm-hmm. not Richard Ramirez, but the one that was using the ice cream truck before he got killed by yeah. Richard, he was storing, I think it was kids bodies along with like the popsicles. So like, yeah. and no ice cream truck guy gets checked for any criminal background there. It's literally like, they're not even through the health department. It's DMV only. So like, here are these guys that are usually pedophiles that, that are running around Jack box, just driving around giving ice cream to your kids and you don't know what's in it and like there they are making bonds with the children and then kids go missing there's been a bunch of times where somebody's been like i've been had a real bad feeling about this guy can you come check him out and i'll just stare at him and be like i know your face i know the children in the neighborhood you might need to pick another profession or a different state suddenly we have a different ice cream truck guy i'm like all right at least i freaked him out like if it's not true, he'll be back again, and it's fine. But at least I tried, you know, because mm-hmm. no, but you're letting your children. Yeah, go they're not. The they're city. not checking to make sure that they're on those pedophile, you know, those pedophile lists. Background checks at all. They so need to, you know, stay five hundred miles away from a child. Right. No, you don't uh, do that with the clowns, and they don't do it with ice cream trucks. But we let our kids go running over to these things, get little treats from them, put them in their mouths without checking, like ice cream or you know whatever, and then make bonds with these strangers, and we don't have anything in place to be like are these guys safe at all even mm-hmm. after that guy killed people and put yeah. it put them in the little ice cream whatever that's not good with no background checks like that john wayne gacy could have been an underground uh, filmmaker horror filmmaker it sounds like how do Jesus. you guys feel about all the crazy things going on recently with like uh like a month ago, there was a pedophile within within the the fabric of underground horror filmmaking. There was a pedophile that popped off, and I think recently there was a big scam with some indie uh, Indiegogo or GoFundMe. Oh, yep. 
what's your take on uh, all these, you know, it's weird. These, these indie filmmakers will pop up out of the blue. They catch a gigantic amount of support. And then you find out a little, probably a little too late that they uh, probably shouldn't have had that support in the beginning. Would you well, with that? the once upon a nightmare campaign bullshit that happened, I was on. I, I immediately okay, started. No names. Oh, I, I immediately. <laughs> Leo, was, that's how quick it took Leo to text me. No names when you dropped that name. Leo just texted me. He said no names. No names. <laughs> Please. All right. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. Come on. Um, I'm short circuited because I'm like, we're literally talking about the only thing that could be. Um, so I literally made videos or whatever and posted it everywhere explaining like, that's totally different. And in those cases, those people have already been proven that they've done this before in both cases and they get ignored because they could change their name. And a lot of the social medias aren't keeping strict enough guidelines and you'll report them and it goes, it doesn't meet, you know, the problem guidelines. It's fine. No, that's not fine. Um, and, you know, it, it's a shame because mine literally started today and I've had people being like, oh, I've had such a scare. I'm never donating to any campaigns again. You literally did no research. You didn't know the person. And now you're very, very upset that it was all bullshit. You did no research for yourself. Yeah, because like, some people, they just want they just want the credit or to be a part of it. And so that's they, fine. It's like just, but, that's fine. But don't just say, here, that's take like my hard-earned money without all making sure it's legit first. Right? But that's like saying all men are bad because one guy might hit one girl. You can't put everybody in a love category. You can't say all women are bad because of whatever statement. It's individuals and every single individual anything needs to be based on the individuals that are dealing with it. And people do too many blanket statements. Oh, it's indie horror, so all of this must be bad no matter who it is. You can't say that. That's like saying every single person you ever met must be bad because one person treated you like crap once. Bullshit. It doesn't work that way. Right. No, you should not judge the entire genre by the lowest common denominator. However, I am totally willing to drop names, and I have met Justin Wayne (laughs) and Slaver Day 7, and when I met him, I got horrible vibes from him. I met him at an independent uh, film thing that was like a monthly independent film thing where you know independent uh creators came out it happened in rhode island he was from rhode island that's where the incidents happened in rhode island he was not supposed to be in rhode island but he was in rhode island he changed his name his name was justin something he changed it to justin wayne and and he was making videos and films and what sucks is i mean slaber day was fantastic the the short film slaber day 7 which was kind of like a a mockumentary based on this film that never happened you know and he was trying to raise money to make slaber day happen he was trying to raise money to do this big budget independent film slaber day and people were funding him people believed in him and after the fact, we reached out to a friend who we saw was a, a minute extra in this short film that we saw. We're like, hey, we saw you. Like, you did a really good job. He was like, yeah, by the way, this is a thing. And he ended up being, I'm not, and his name I will not drop. 
But he ended up being the whistleblower on the whole entire project, saying, hey, just so you know, you uh, contributing to the Indiegogo campaign or whatever, the GoFundMe, whatever it was, you know, this is where your money is going to. He is a pedophile. He is a level three, which means he has done it. He's done it multiple times and he will probably do it again. Yep. Yep. And, you know, in that instance, yeah. Ruin his career. He yep. shouldn't have a career. He shouldn't have a fucking life. Right. He should be in jail for what he did. I don't care what his side of the story is, you know, and I went just to be sure, just to be on the safe side, because the friend who uh, actually told us, like, yeah, you know, it's great that you you saw me in this thing, but I have nothing to do with this project, and here's why, and sent us the police reports, and sent us the mugshot, and sent us all of the, you know, public information about what happened, you know, so yeah, I, I will absolutely name drop Justin Wayne and Slaber Day. Do not support him in any way and keep an eye out because maybe he's going to change his fucking name again in a few years. And what was weird is, um, so again, like I said, this, uh, event happened in Rhode Island and he was, he, you know, he, he talked to Patrick and I because we were there, you know, not only supporting friends who had, uh, independent short films playing, but, you know, a friend was running this event and we just, you know, we love to be supportive of our friends. That's what you do. Our friends are doing great things and we want to be a part of it. We want to support it. But, you know, like we're also, we, we have a podcast and one of our favorite things to do on the podcast is to promote and support other independent films. Lauren, we will absolutely be in touch at some point. Aww, but, um, you know, and <laughs> Melissa, when your project is up and running, definitely, you know, we'll we'll be in touch. And Melissa, definitely let me know if I can help in any way. Go ahead. Keep going. But, you know, and and this is what is so frustrating. You know, independent horror has a stigma against it to begin with because it's independent horror. People automatically assume that low budget equals crap. And that's not the case at all whatsoever. Some of the best horror films I have seen have come from not only the independent horror crowd, but the independent horror crowd here in Massachusetts. Like, it's crazy to think Massachusetts is flourishing with independent horror filmmakers. All you have to do is open your eyes and look. Yeah, you guys are killing it. People, people like Justin Wayne, again, I'm going to say his name because he's a piece of fucking shit, are putting, (laughs) promoting this stigma around independent horror. Oh, so, you know, independent horror makers are, you know, pedophiles and independent horror. So not only are they low budget and they're crap, but they're all pedophiles. And that's not the case. So you have, you know, instances where, um, I saw the bullshit surrounding the midnight thing. Once upon a midnight, once upon, um, a, midnight, midnight, no. once upon a nightmare original series. And did you see it was somebody else's movie already that he has all the stuff for? So the guy literally stole somebody else's movie that's already done. And now that guy's trying to put it out there and everybody wants to say it's a lie. I'm like, oh. No, no, no. Like, and, and that's such a bullshit because independent horror makers, independent filmmakers, uh, you know, the big thing is money. And a lot of them pour their own money into it, but crowdfunding is a huge thing. And as somebody who has supported things, and I'm going to throw another one out there, um, Axe to Grind 2. Yes. That shit. I don't know yes. if you guys have heard all of the bullshit that happened on that set. Tell them. <laughs> 
their um, the original director uh, who we became friendly with um, was cut because fucking Stormy Daniels decided that she wanted to direct this. She stole someone else's project, and the film set was rampant with uh, not so much sexual assault, but like people behaving inappropriately towards the actors and the actresses and nothing was being done about it. And instead of addressing it, the producers and the people involved, the people who are still involved, I should say, a lot of people dropped from this project, including Debbie Rashawn, yeah. who was supposed to be like the lead actor. She played the lead, you know, the lead in, in, in Axe to Grind, um, you know, was supposed to be the lead in this. But she dropped out, and there's, you know, some controversy surrounding that. I know the real reason she dropped out. It's not necessarily, necessarily the reason that she uh, posted about. But, you know, uh, Diana Prince was supposed to be involved, and she was no longer involved with it. There were some other, you know, kind of heavy hitters amongst the horror community that were supposed to be involved. And they dropped out. Yep. Um there's it it was a whole thing and they're not giving people who contributed to their indiegogo campaign they're not refunding them at this point correct because they've already taken that money they've already started filming but the issues didn't happen until they started filming so this is no longer the film that the backers myself included my money is in this project it is no longer the project that the backers supported yeah. it is this this project that was pirated from somebody else to appease this woman whose claim to fame is sleeping with a former president (laughs) and nothing against stormy daniels we had the opportunity to interview her and she's you know she was delightful to our faces but from stories i've heard she can be rather two-faced which seems to be you know uh, some people um their personalities are bigger than their britches. We'll say that, yep. you know, yep. and you have this putting uh, a damper, uh, a, a sour name on these independent films, independent horror films to be exact. And I don't want to deter people from supporting independent horror because there's some great independent horror projects, not only who have been worked on, but in the works and will be in the works, you know? So it's just, it's disheartening as a horror fan who supports all of this stuff. There's that whole bad, one bad apple. That's all it takes. Exactly. But, you know, it's like one story arises and then all of these other stories come to the, to the, you know, like the the sour cream rises to the top, you know, and it just kind of uh, takes over. Well, that's like why I made sure I had a post on my page for that once a nightmare thing where everybody who had any kind of proof, I was adding it into the comment section because there was a post by somebody who everybody was putting all the proof and all the screenshots and all this stuff. And then he deleted it. And everyone was like, what the fuck? So that's why I kept all of it. And I even made a video. I'm like, there's a needle. There's one needle in a haystack. There's one bat in a bunch. You can't blame all of us for one stupidity. It's like, you know, you it, it, no matter what it is or who it is or what the field is, you can't base one bad person and have that be how you dictate how you're going to run your life and what you do. I have not done anything wrong to anybody like that. I have an Indiegogo campaign going on. 
And all of it is already gone to the movie we've been filming. I post pictures showing all the stuff that goes to it to keep doing, you know, because of everything going out. So one of the reasons I made videos right away, the moment people are like, hey, Loren, we need to let you know this is going on. Somebody needs to start talking about it. I lost my mind. I'm like, no, we already have enough problems. And the other problem is people don't understand that things cost money or how much something costs. So when I was like, we need like $6,000 to be able to make this first movie, People lost their minds. How dare you want that much money? And I'm like, okay, 12 people, three months, hotel rooms. What do you think that's going to cost you? And they're like, oh, I'm like, I have to feed everybody. Oh, how about fake blood? You've ever spent time on Halloween trying to get an epic costume together? How much did you spend? Okay, how about 15 of those scenes that's supposed to need money? Do you know what that budget's like? Oh, no, I didn't think about any of those things. So because of these shitty people who have stolen and caused issues, you have people going, oh, wait, that sounds like a lot of money for you. You're indie horror. Like, you're indie horror. You shouldn't need money. Meanwhile, Hollywood, they spent $1 billion on that movie. Wow, that's okay. It was great. It was good. What? Stop this. Stop this. <laughs> Not only that, the most original idea, like Hollywood right now is just full of remakes and recycled ideas. Like the most original ideas, the most entertaining concepts I've seen so far, you know, has come out of the independent film circuit. You know, like the best horror I've seen most recently have come out of the independent horror, you know, genre. It's true. You know, like I don't need to see happy birthday or happy death day eight. Like, (laughs) fuck that. I'm over it. Like I was over the first one before I even saw it. I'm like, I know exactly what this film is about. You know, but then you have a film come out like Willie's Wonderland. Oh, my God. I watched that last night. A so not what I ride. I loved every second of that movie. I laughed I, my face off the entire time. So, um, I want to say one kind thing. Of about, a, I want to say one thing that I'm going to dip out. You guys can finish what you're doing about the damaging of these people. Um, you know, it's, it's, it, it, it hurts when, when the people that invested the money and stuff, it hurts as well. But <clears throat> the filmmakers and, and people like that don't realize how much it hurts other filmmakers. Where because now we're we're like Lorraine right now is looking for money for film from to make a film I will be eventually too again and it's Me like too. the people that it's hard enough to get the money from people already now this right there is going to scare away anybody that wants to right you know invest that when we try to make money they're gonna have there's more of an excuse not to do it yeah this literally uh, happened like two days or the day before the campaign was starting live for me for like the people who signed up originally nothing's worse. And, like, they're totally freaking out. I keep getting messages. I can't trust Indiegogo now. I'm like, it wasn't Indiegogo. (laughs) There's a lot. There's I've been in it for for a while. There's a lot of little things that have been, that, like, in the community that you see come in that really kills things, like, um, like, YouTube hits. That was when that when that came into the when you, when people could buy YouTube hits. Yeah, you, you've seen the burden that put on the filmmakers because <laughs> you would see people go buy uh, YouTube hit, hits so that when they drop their fucking no budget trailer with no actors in it, it would get half a million views in the first week, and then yeah. the community of of fucking. Let's be friendly and nice, I guess. The community uh, would just eat it up because it makes them feel like they're that much closer to it. Yeah. But, like, it was such people don't look at the burden of what that was on other filmmakers because then you have other filmmakers that are not buying hits that maybe get 5,000 hit views 
You know what I mean? Which is an accomplishment for real. Um, but now they're not going to be able to feel that accomplishment or like be seen for that accomplishment. Yeah, they don't realize but, you can buy likes and, and, yeah, and that's subscribers. It. Yeah, and it's so just burden, not there, a bunch man. of burden stuff. Yeah, the community take for we. I could do like a gigantic fucking episode on the last ten years and how hard hit the fucking indie filmmakers and COVID's tough. Today's a oh, dude. It's a it's an ugly time for filmmakers, like underground filmmakers, especially right now that don't have a lot of money. It's uh, it's almost bleak looking. Mm-hmm. But it's uh yes, people like these fucking jokers, man, that hop in it for fucking and you know they're in it for all the fucked up wrong reasons, I'm sure. And it's they're not getting in people. trouble. Nobody's yeah. arrested, nobody's right? in trouble, right. they'll forget about it because Ashley said seems his to have name, a yeah. fishbowl brain now. So like year from now he's gonna do the same thing over and everybody's gonna act surprised and we're gonna do the same thing. We're not surprised. We need to keep track of this shit. Or like when you try to hire somebody on a set and people like, I don't want to admit what he did to me, so I can't tell you. But, you know, be aware. Be aware of what? You don't want to admit to anything. You don't want to do anything legal. You don't want to tell anybody. Mm -hmm. And I'm supposed to still have these fuckers on my set and go, somebody keep an eye on them. Why I can't tell you who I can't say. What could they have done? I don't know, but it's probably bad. Great. Thanks. I hear you. It's difficult. It needs to be a list somehow. Yeah. Bye, Cap. (laughs) Yeah it's a it's a difficult difficult. the process is weird but yeah it's we we all look at it as just you know some people losing their money and being lied to but there's a lot more fucking there's a lot more damage being done Mm -hmm. in people's minds than just the money being lost in the betrayal of somebody lying to them and i think it's more and it's a bad thing that when you said in a year we'll be seeing this again. Sadly, it won't be a year. It'll be a month. It'll be two months. Mm-hmm. You know, it'll be I mean, somebody it? else or whatever. How long of a gap was it from the pedophile kid to this situation? Like two months. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, a few months. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's what we do is something cool. So everybody wants to do it and say they do it, so they get into it. And like with everybody getting into it, you're going to have those bad apples and you know, those bad apples do mm-hmm. they spoil the bunch. And I don't know if those apples taste sweet at first and then they go sour, but for whatever reason, they always kind of, they get to where they need to be to do their bullshit. Um, and it's just crazy. But all the little things like that is really fucking hurting independent arts and people got to figure out a way to figure some shit out or, I hate to be bleak, but it's going, it's not going in the best of place. You know what I mean? No, you're right. It's very dark. It's very dark. Just like the screen. That's why I got so feisty about it. And that's why from like the moment I woke up, I woke up early because somebody emailed me about it. And I was like, ding, what? Okay. I mean, I was up that whole day losing my mind about it because the next day I was starting the campaign and I was like, this is not okay, folks. The, the fact that we're just like, oh, that's shitty. Or the people who are laughing at it, like, oh, you're the stupid fuck who did it. No, that's not acceptable behavior. If this is any <laughs> other business, the person would be arrested because it's a federal crime over $10,000. I'm pretty sure in all states. And like... <laughs> They'd be arrested. There'd be a list where you'd be like, oh, that person did white collar crime of like money. And we would never have to worry about it again. And to a certain extent, I mean, unless they did some real good tricks. And wasn't like, he preventing Indiegogo from refunding anybody? Yeah, because he well? closed it down. Once you close it down, he's supposed to be yep. able to keep the money. But because everybody called their banks and then called the cops as well, 
they, you know, Indiegogo got involved with the fraud department and whatever else, so they were able to start doing it anyway. But, like, he tagged on Tony Moran and Kane Hodder and then claimed that they were both going to be in the movie. And there's, like, screenshots of their agents writing things like, I would never say yes to this. <laughs> yeah, so, I, like, saw, I, I saw that Tony was like, I have no clue who this person even is. Yup. Yeah, so the screenshots I saved, I was like, yep. added comments. Like, I just, uh, just because, like, it's got to be some proof, so at least it's in my memory somewhere if I could ever find it. Like, it's, I'm like, that name looks familiar. Is it in this list? <laughs> you know, like, it just sucks because you're right. You know, people don't get it. They don't really want to understand it. They don't want to deal with it. And then, like, it hurts all of us. It's like, you don't want to let this be a business because you don't think that it should be at the same equality. But it doesn't matter what you're doing. You're sitting there binge watching a movie on TV because somebody made it. Somebody like us made it in half the cases. Why? Because it's substantial. We all want to watch stuff. So stop making it seem like it's not important. It's like one of the articles that came out recently and one of the top non-essential jobs as artists. Everything you need, every you know, whether it's you know a promo, whether it's you I know mean, illustration, they're important and we don't act like they are. Fuck that. Like fuck that. Because you know, being in quarantine, being in this pandemic for over a year now at this point, entertainment has been my only source of sanity. Exactly. You know, and entertainment comes from artists of varying kinds, you know, like regardless of, of, of medium, you know, whether it's visual or audio or, or, you know, what have you like, and I, I, I hate that so much because, you know, it's been the only thing aside from, you know, I hate to say it's social media that's really kept us connected. You know, like one of the first things we all bonded over in the pandemic was the fucking Tiger King. Like, oh my god, yes. You know, <laughs> still have not watched it. Fuck you, watch it, bitch. Let's talk. Oh my god, I am so the Tiger King. I would have taken Carol Baskin out, no problem. I would have done it better. I kind of love her. I know. I love her because I mean, she was able to get away with it and then go on Dancing with the Stars, motherfucker. Right, but like, here's the thing. You know, if Let's my husband serious. ever did that shit to me, yeah, you know what? You wouldn't find him either. Exactly. Exactly. Would you like an almond cookie, dear? <laughs> just oh, remember, delicious. Ash is just remember right now it's premeditated because you just said that. <laughs> <laughs> she will have an alibi. No worries. Yep. Call me out. Fine. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> I always do the me- the little gifts of like the girl um Faruza Ball holding up the uh you want me to kill him sign whenever yes. somebody gets upset. Yeah, I'm like yes. that's totally really show up, we'll go kill him. No? All right. Well, calm down. Maybe tea, coffee, drink, whiskey. <laughs> I, have, I have a perfect outfit to wear when the police come, and I'm just like, <gasps> he was what? <laughs> oh, my God. I can see one of those no. like, dynasty robes with a little fur on it, like a little poof on the shoes. Oh, exactly. No. Exactly. Meanwhile, they show up to you my house. and she stay lounge like... to faint on? No. I'd be in one of those CSI <laughs> outfits, the little white zippers, and just be like, what? They'd be like, what, I, I just took a hazmat shower? No worries, no reason. <laughs> I mean, especially right now, you can just be like, pandemic. Pandemic, bitch. Why am I covered in bleach? Those I do this strange, occasionally. God damn it. I scrubbed with <laughs> bleach today. Why? Don't mind me. I think I'll clean now. <laughs> I had to disinfect the house. <laughs> <laughs> you want to see under my nails? Go ahead. Bleach, motherfucker. Vinegar. <laughs> um. <clears throat> but it's true. I think that's part of the problem is it's kind of like when we started the show and we were talking about how depression, that's the wrong kind of label and we handle it in almost the wrong perspective in a way. We're doing the same thing 
with things like entertainment industry, artists, we're putting it in the wrong incidental category instead of it's just as worthy of business as if you own a shop that fixed furniture or cars or, you know, whatever your place is, whether it's a baker. It's all the same thing. We're all different people doing things that we're meant to be doing, bringing joy and through our passions. Why are some supposed to be better than others? That's part of where it gets all flip-flop. Like, you didn't go to college and only do these white-collar bubble blows and you're not as worthy. Now you still need people to deliver your shoes, bring your pizza, whatever else. Everybody's essential and everybody's doing something different. And then because of the perspective that I think over the centuries has been put on certain job levels, we get stuck in these categories. Like, independent horror isn't as worthy as something else. Because otherwise, we'd be more upset and start handling it better instead of, oh, that's her side job. That's not supposed to be my side job. You're supposed to support us. Why are you asking me right. for free stuff? But you're going to pay $75 for that, that Kardashian thing. Hello? <laughs> Hello? That's the, that's the thing where I think if we start doing more talking out to people with all these different things, it helps fix the perspective of how people are associating, handling, and interacting with it. Like, mm-hmm. an artist is just as essential as your doctor because if you're depressed and you look at a gorgeous painting you are feeling better in that moment if it's a piece of music you're suddenly feeling better whatever you need to do there's somebody out there that is doing it and putting it out there for you so that you could have a better quality of life we can't be having like this this is better than this for what reason when you ask somebody why is that a case they don't have an answer it's conditioning that's what we got to do is start breaking those condition patterns of like indie horror movie makers should be able to have that be their sole job. Same thing with authors or podcasts or whatever. Let's start supporting our people instead of like, I paid $150 for this one eyeshadow. It's because it's a celebrity. Meanwhile, they're like, can I have free samples? You're, you're an indie person. You make it yourself. I know you need it to survive here. Like, can I just have free stuff? You're like, what? Cross wires. We have to start fixing that stuff. And that's why I think it's great we did this is that way we get some of those perspectives out there to kind of change how people are thinking about it hopefully or let them even ponder it a little bit yeah i was waiting for matt to chime in with something on it for there for a second <laughs> yeah i did too i agree with you i'm not even supposed to be here tonight <laughs> i swear i just stopped i was like i thought so, i thought he was gonna say something and we were all just waiting i was like it's a weird I know we 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 had started wrapping the episode and then my computer froze and then I come back and it was like the whole new episode. I know I was like, oh okay, we get two, yeah, two my, my internet went my internet went down for a second and I'm like, oh, we get another you episode should... going. I well, I came back into serial killers. I was like, yeah. you should know you cannot get a group of podcasts <laughs> together and expect us to just stop talking. <laughs> I don't care. I'll, we can cut this up into a couple of episodes. I really don't care. So, you know, it's worthwhile. It's it's good entertainment. Another I 20 think... minutes. It's another episode. You want to go for it? <laughs> sure. I just want to say, I think my window screen's broken. I'm the only person that I ever saw go big at all. And I'm like, do I click something? Do I get to... <laughs> the whole show, I was like... Da, 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 da. I'm in the corner. Hey! I feel like Brady Bunch. Everybody else has been on the screen, and I'm like, da, 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 da. <laughs> that's why I do weird stuff at the corner. Like, hey. sorry, I was having fun. <laughs> and no. I still think Pennywise in the background is any second going to pop into your little collectibles and chase the screen. Blah! Well, it, it does turn because the cat keeps jumping up there. So, Whoa. like, all the movement, it does shift 
So it's not each just way. drunk and high. Good. Oh, no, no, he's moving. Because, <laughs> like, I, I'm like, and I had just, like, sort of something where it was one of those, like, where they run at the screen kind of thing. So I'm like, it's her boyfriend, and he's going to wait. And then all of a sudden, he's just going to be like, ah! and I'm going to wet myself in this chair on, on camera. Oh, <laughs> no, he won't do that. But, like, I'm, I, have, I have, there's two cat, two of my cats are behind me. So they keep walking by and like pushing into the shelf. So it's moving every, it's like shifting everything. Everybody's moving around upstairs. So, you know, the whole thing. Who has the dogs that were barking? Oh, my friend upstairs has a dog. Okay. I was like, I heard dogs. Next door. Oh, yeah. The next door neighbors and my, my friend upstairs both have dogs. This is like Zubilee Zoo. Oh my God. I love you. That's hilarious. Yeah. We have, we have four cats. She's got six cats and a dog. Oh my God. I parked her in a pear tree. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny. I have the show tonight where it's Meet the Ladies of the Movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's for all genders and non-binary. <laughs> Everyone is welcome. Everyone is allowed to come to the event tonight at AA Eastern Standard Time. So I'd love if you guys had time to pop into the comments. I could be like, oh, my God, I just did a show with them. I get super excited on camera. But uh, <laughs> it's funny because, like, it's Women in Horror Month. Did everybody go mute? Did everybody hear how that went? I'm here. Okay. That was I'm a weird moment. Don't worry. Don't worry, ladies. I'm here. Okay. Yeah. Because it was like, that was a wall. Um, <laughs> that was epic. He is the void. Um, and uh, it's just funny because it's Women in Horror Month, but it's also Black History Month. Mm-hmm. And uh, you see all these different posts, and I love it. I'm so excited that they're doing both. Because a few years ago, the only thing you would see is one or the other, usually. So I'm really happy that uh, the, the mainstream seems to be doing it now, too, where they're sharing about both. And I like that. I think that's a really awesome thing. And I love it when they can kind of cross wires a little bit. Yes. So shout out to Janelle Monet and Lupita Nyong'o. You know, there are many uh, black women in horror. Absolutely. So, you know, I think that's fantastic. Right. It's sad that we, I mean, I don't care, but it's kind of sad that women in horror only get February because it's 28 days, like, you know, whatever. But at the same point, the same I love thing it. With Black history, same thing with Black yeah. History well, Month. There's well, more than 28 days worth of history. Black History Month started in February originally because of something that was the original issue that made them started for that month. That's why they wanted February. I just heard something about that, and I never knew that. Or I don't want to misspeak and say what it was, but... Um, whatever the original issue was, it was in February, so that's why they keep it that. But like, I like that Women in Horror Month is uh, February because 28 days, and we're women, and you know our cycle is 28 days. So like, when people are like, "Oh, uh, <laughs> you so got shit," I'm like, I'm like, it's perfect. I'm like, 28 days a woman, 28 days in a month. I like it. <laughs> Turn it into a real slasher film. <laughs> oh, real blood. What did you use? It's okay, it's clean. I got it checked. <laughs> <laughs> There's a video of me having to pour blood on these two young girls for the, the last movie I did, Yield. We're standing in a graveyard. And there's people walking. And I'm like, okay, now hold still. Now hold the mallet like you're just about to murder somebody. <laughs> As I'm flying blood on these two innocent young girls. And they just walk by and they're like, hurry up, dear. Just walk a little faster. And I start cackling. I'm like, <laughs> As like I'm dripping with blood. And I'm like, oh. And they're like, <laughs> after that, we went to Taco Bell and just sat there all covered in like blood. And I looked at somebody who was giving us like a judgmental look. And I'm like, 
It was my time of the month, you see. <laughs> I feel like Taco Bell has seen worse, though. Like Totally. I think it had to have. Because they were not phased by us. It was just more like, we were also in a really bad neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And I, I seem to pick... They're used to seeing real blood. Yeah. <laughs> From gunshot well, wounds. <laughs> one of the places we had to stop where we had to film at one of the cemeteries, I had to pee. The girls had to pee. So the woman that was with me, my friend Cindy, she's... Um, mixed nationalities, but she has darker skin and black hair, you know. And the reason I bring it up is the neighborhood was only black. I have these two other young little white girls, both holding my hand, her holding my arm like she's my girlfriend. And we're walking in like a trope into a food store. And they're like, your kind's not welcome in here. You're not allowed to use our bathroom. And I'm like, okay. And I just walk out of and I'm like, I'm like, that was weird. We get in the car and my friend Cindy goes, they probably thought we were an interracial lesbian couple and these were our children. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, let's go to the chicken store. Because it was like one of those chicken and it drive through, but they didn't really have a name brand. Because everyone was hungry. And we still did the same thing covered in blood. And we're sitting there just eating like fries and chicken. And the guys behind the counter just giving us a weird look. And we walked back out. And I was holding the girl's hand because they were young. And it was all like potholes and stuff. So I wasn't even thinking about it. We got back in the car. The girl was like... They totally thought and didn't know what to do about it because we're all covered in blood. They're like, can't call anybody. This is not the neighborhood. You call anybody. Now, is there a specific brand of blood (laughs) that you use? No. Uh, Very often we make it ourselves uh, so that we have different kinds. Like we'll add uh, coffee grinds and some to get more of a gritty. Um, And my my lead FX woman, uh, Tina Brown, uh, she handles a lot of that stuff. She'll mix it up and go, this is just for the moment that cracks into the skull. This is for when she's running and it's dried. So we have, um, but like the brand, textures. the brand that I've been using is the, um, can't, I can't ever say it right. What is it? Meron, Meron, M-E-H-R-O-N. Um, just because it all comes in one, and I know all the stuff goes together, so I try to stick with it. But most of the time, we just have all different little jars of, like, this one's really congealy. <laughs> do you do you guys have a certain brand you like better? Or, like, some of them smell weird, depending what you use. Um, I don't know. Uh, Billy Billy tends to make an edible blood because he yeah, mixes Billy's it with chocolate sauce. So. Oh, yeah, we've done that if we need to do it for, like, anything that gets in the mouth. Yeah, we have, we have, you know, we have edible blood, and then we use it to make ice cream sundaes at the end of the night. Oh, my God, I like that. <laughs> I have, like, a ton of hot cocoa mix, and my mom's like, what are you doing all this packing for a trip with it? Like, because it was a weird place to put it with all the FX stuff. And I'm like, oh, it's for blood. So now I'm going to be like, anybody like hot cocoa? <laughs> and have, like, all my teeth bloody and stuff and just have it dribble down and, like... Don't laugh. Like, Rob Zombie, when House with Thousand Corpses came oh, out, they, they, when House with Thousand Corpses came out, one of the products that they released for that movie is a hard to find because it's always sold out was a can of red hot cocoa so that when you put when you made it it looked like you were mm-hmm. drinking blood that's epic yeah i've never been able to get my hands on it but like yep. I, it's always sorry for the longest time yep amazing. <laughs> that film yeah i love that movie so much it's probably one of my favorites by him that and uh mm-hmm. um el super Bisto. <laughs> I love the haunted world of El Super Beast. Yes. I yes. love it so much. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I love showing other people that one and just watching them watch that movie. You're like, wait for it. There is the face. 
I get the, I like, get, yeah, Boris when they singing about like Hitler's head. Yes. Like was just, it, yes. Yeah. It's everything. Yeah. So. And then that, when they gave you that look and they're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Usually when that's <laughs> over, oh, I put super it's jail on. It's going to be cute. Right. Yep. yep. No, I do that with super jail. I'll go, okay, I'll put something else on. It's only 11 minutes. It's a cartoon and I'll put super jail on and then just watch their face. My cousin, the first time she watched it, I'm, I'm evil. We know. So I, I didn't warn her and she just started out like to, <laughs> when it was over, I was like, "You want to do another one?" She's like, "Please, no." Can we like watch like Family Guy or something? I was like, "Yes, all right, no problem." Uh, makes me so happy. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good show, actually, for horror fans, because it's eleven minutes of nonstop, just gruesome, epic. Like it's like Willy Wonka and a prison show got put together and he's like a magical guy that just tortures and, and all sorts of crazy stuff. It's amazing. I don't know. It's a good show. I love it. I don't get too much into the animated stuff. Like I binged yesterday. I killed Ratchet. That, okay, was, that was a good one. Uh, yeah. I killed Yo, you Ratchet. gotta watch Flack. Flack was amazing. I binged that thing. It's on Amazon Prime with uh, the Anna Paquin. But dude, it's amazing. It's yeah, like that's the on PR. my list of stuff to watch. Dude, it was so good. I've already binged it once. So good. I'm watching Sorry. the I'm watching the new season of Viking Vikings right now. <laughs> like I killed that in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> I was just so much eye candy. Too. There's just something like yeah. so sexy about like that whole Viking look they got. You know, it's like it's good stuff. Yeah, I was like, damn. I even got a girl crush on Lagatha. I'm not gonna even lie. Dude, Lagatha is badass. <laughs> I would so be friends with her if I could. I have to fight her and take her crown. I'm no, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to fight her and take her crown. We have our own. We don't need hers. Let her I want to. <laughs> Could you imagine just trying to like pile them up? And I got a skull and a raven crown. <laughs> well, I mean, my crown is held up by the horns, but I <laughs> That's why it's a little tilted sometimes. <laughs> They get really mad. There's there's two pieces of hair that literally stand up and curl up like horns. There's pictures of me and a little child, like, and there's just these two. I was like, see, you knew it when I was when I was a little kid. You knew what to expect. I don't know why I'm by surprise. Look at these things. (laughs) (laughs) So funny. Well, ladies. I, I have no idea what happens and how we did a whole nother episode in like the two minutes that I lost my internet. <laughs> he asked a good question. He brought up serial killers. That's all you got to do for me. And it's like nectar. Yeah, I, I have no clue how any of that came about. Like literally two minutes, I lose internet connection. I come back and there's a whole nother show going on. <laughs> so H.H. Holmes, do you guys think he was Jack the Ripper? Or do you think he was a completely separate person? Separate person. Cool. Yeah. I yeah. Separate person, too. Yeah, me too. Awesome. I, I always find it interesting the ones that have, like, written books or shows or whatever where they want to say it's the same person. So that's why I always ask, you know. I always no, there's a, there's, there's a distinct difference between the two mm-hmm. as, far, as far as, like, the murders and everything. You know, if, if there was more of a connection between the two, it would make sense. But there really isn't. Now, the only reason that they use the argument is kind of like with Richard Ramirez, uh, nope, sorry, um, the Kuklinski guy, where it was all different kinds of kills, where they say um, 
Ripper went from that, got bored, and that's why the hotel was so many different methods was because he just got bored and was, like, testing stuff out. I think that's fascinating. I don't say that it's true, but I think it's fascinating that any killer can go from, like, a strict M.O. to suddenly just experimenting, because that's not a norm. That's a rarity, right? No. So... I think no, usually, you know, and, and that's why Ramirez, the Night Stalker, is so fascinating, is because he didn't have a clear-cut signature yeah. style. You know, it wasn't like a Ted Bundy who went after just solely, you know, beautiful women. Right, or Son of Sam that only picked a hair color. Yeah. Right, right. It could be anyone, anyone, which is why, you know, the entire state of, of California was terrified for you know that entire year because it, it, i mean and it wasn't just in one sole location right. you know he traveled and and he, he didn't have a type he didn't have a type it's so much easier when a serial killer has a type because you'd be like well am i your type no okay <laughs> yeah. i'm good yeah. you know versus you know a serial serial killer that has a type it's like well he goes after blonde so i guess i should dye my hair right like they were doing with that one yeah. you they know? felt like it was safer so... if they did and then it wound up not really mattering anyway in the end because mm-hmm. they, they mm-hmm. it was like a shootout wasn't the end of that one was a shootout I think so, yeah. Uh-huh. I think it's interesting in some cases the only reason they got stopped was like regular like cops stopping for like, you know, a tail light or like taxes. It's always or stupid some... shit. Yeah. It's always stupid like stupid maintenance shit. Yeah. It's like, oh, I was pulled over for speeding. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, yeah, my tail light was out or, you know, like uh my registration <laughs> had lapsed or something. Yeah, I did use a blanket something stupid. stupid. Yeah. Yep. I, I murdered uh, over a hundred people, but my blinkers was going to put me in jail. Right? Could you exactly. imagine being in jail and then be exactly. like, you, you got t- taken how? Like, meanwhile, yep. other guys are like, I shot 40 of this, da, 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 and you, you killed a lot of people, but that's how you got caught? Really? Fascinating. But that's why I like the show um, that's on Netflix, Mindhunter, am I correct? <laughs> Where each of the uh, serial killers looked almost exactly the same with, like, Ed, Ed Kemper. There's one where I'll watch his live um video talks whatever that is from um his interviews whatever it was those are fascinating too from ed kemper um the one-on-ones those are fascinating but they did such a phenomenal job with that show because i think it was absolutely accurate for the most part with it how do you feel about ed kemper is he a mama's boy or what what's up with that i kind of love him no (laughs) he was a mama's boy I think it's very much like in Psycho how Nor- um, Norman had the thing where his mother caused him such emotional turmoil. Did I say the right name? Um, that it's such emotional turmoil that at a point, even though she was dead, she was still controlling him. Like, at a certain point, we don't talk about how, like, PTSD and the emotional abuse can literally make somebody do the most bizarre, crazy things. And I think the amount of constant abuse he got and then to come out without any of those formative years being solidified in any healthy way, you left him with nothing to know how to do with all this pent up frustration, not being able to handle it because of the shame factor that toxic mother put into him. I mean, that's a lot of sadness right there. That's a lot of sad. I mean, he buried her head so that she could always be looking up at him or something crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, I mean, that makes, that makes sense. That's some sad stuff. Want. Don't you always want to look at the sky and the sunny side of things? 
that's not why he did it. He did it so that she could always be looking up at him, considering she was always claiming she was staring down at him and making him feel so little. I mean, he was like six, seven. He's a massive dude or something. And this little woman was able to emotionally abuse him enough to harm women, kill her, and then be completely calm to just sit with cops and talk about all that stuff because he just wanted friends. I mean, that's a, that's, that's a crazy level to just be like, I just want to belong somewhere. And she caused mm-hmm. so much damage that... And nobody helped him. He got put into a psych ward at a young age. They didn't fix it. They didn't, you know, handle the issues. He came back out right into his abuser hands again. Yeah. So like, okay, so you're going to have him be utterly abused in every possible way, give him no support, no self-esteem, and then put him in a hospital with all sorts of sick people, not give him any of the necessary skills so he doesn't harm people or know how to handle anything, put him back with his abuser, and then be shocked he did anything? That's the staple of the problem with our society in the first place. Mm-hmm. If a child is abused like that and he only killed the mother who abused them, where, where, where would you sit with that? I'd applaud and say, does he want a snack? <laughs> Ashes, what about you? Agreed. No, agreed 100%. Mel? Yeah, I agree. Pennywise? i'm with you girls i'm with you you girls on that i think it's a depend i think it's a complete difference where you're harming innocence versus just stopping your abuser from harming you anymore i've been at that point where literally i'm like this is the moment i understand why people will kill because they feel like oh my god there is nothing else i can do but i can't keep being harmed on whatever level sort of snapped yes that point where that's that's it you reach that point that's you know you just kind of black out and whatever happens after that point happens and those people are lucky because i got enough therapy when i was young that i learned how to handle it so i could be like this is so bad i might actually kill the guy and have somebody help me get the fuck out of there. I had to leave a state because the dude was so bad. He was causing me to have seizures. That's how bad the abuse was on every level. And literally, we had to get me out of there because I was like, I'll just throw him over the balcony. I mean, fuck it. <laughs> like, you know, but when you have somebody, and also the difference is very often we don't discuss, this kid had to be born into that. So, like, from yeah. the very beginning, he didn't get any of the established norm things of, like, your loved the basic triangle of the bottom foundation that somebody is supposed to have. He had none of that. So he's brought up in a world of constant abuse and nobody to show him anything was wrong about that. that. Mm-hmm. So he had no other positive influences, got put in a psych ward where there is no positive influence in there at that young an age with Juvie and everything going on to obviously otherwise they wouldn't have put him right back with his abuser. So then he came back and then he kills a bunch of women because now it's the only thing he can do because he can't put his dick in any girl's hole. He doesn't even know how to do that without having shame. So I have them kill with knives because they need that penetration thing because they can't do it themselves because of their own emotional issues that came from childhood. Was his, was his mother the last victim? First. She was the very first? Uh, I don't, I honestly do not remember properly. I want to say she was the first uh-huh. uh, because, and they only found out after because of having to dig up underneath his trailer. Okay. Mm. Mm-hmm. But I, I think they time dated. Yeah, I think they found her last, but it was time dated that that's what it was his trigger. And that's the normal trigger would be the parrot in that kind of situation that would trigger the rest of them because he never got the fulfillment from that action. Now he has to keep doing it because that's all he knows now to find any relief. So no, we're not teaching these people how to have any basic good skills with anything. And then we're shocked they harmed people. That always drives me nuts. It's a weird deal. I wonder if the mother was first... I wonder if he, if like the killing of his mother made him crazy to the point where he went and killed, you know, other ladies. Like if in mm-hmm. his mind he was originally just going to kill her. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 no, I, no. You know that makes absolute perfect sense. Yeah. 
you know, in order to kind of digest what he did to his mother, even though she was inflicting all of this, you know, emotional and, you know, ultimately physical pain on him, you know, that's, that's the only thing he knows. Like he doesn't know how to process feelings. He doesn't know how to feel feelings. He doesn't know how to, you know, emote like a normal person. So of course, you know, it's like, I just killed my mother. Well, what am I going to do? I guess I'm going to go out and, and, and kill women because that's the only yeah, because all women are going to be the same way. They're all going to be I, abusers. They're all going to, you know, from more of a need to because of his own sexual issues. That's usually where they stem from. Also, well, I think it's because he can't get the release. That's how come he also had to do it. Plus, they said the mom was the first because they could see hesitation marks of how he was trying to kill. So when mm-hmm. where the rest of them didn't have that. So he learned his M.O., which most of them do on the closest person first. It's not usually a stranger in a lot of I mean, there are. Lots of cases where it's a stranger first, but it's usually because they didn't have that connection of either like a loving partner or a parent in that situation. So it has to be a stranger. Usually, you know, they kill a loved one. They kill the person who's, you know, creating these voices in an attempt to calm these voices, quiet these voices. And that voice is still there because that's all they know. It's ingrained in them. It's part of, it's part of their psyche at this point, you know, kind of like a Norman Bates, you know, where it's just become so part of their personality that they can't, you know, uh, decipher between the two. So, you know, and, and that's where the killing of other people come in, other women. Yeah, also, the release of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. with, with that, you know, his mother was probably such an important part of his life and kind of told him what to do and when to do it that he grew the hatred for her. Then when he killed her and realized she was no longer there, w- was not liking that vibe at all. So that he probably seen these other women and he can't, he, he very socially awkward, can't, can't have a conversation with them, approach them thinking that one of them would fill in the void that his mother was not. And then kill them because they didn't fill the void. I think that's kind of like what happened with him. Uh, I mean, not. I mean, did or you he see picked, the Kemper or he on Kemper? Girls. Did you and watch he, and read? Did you watch and listen to the Kemper on Kemper thing? No. Um, he was talking about that he would plan it out. That it was just like this inner drive where he just had to get the release of it out. Yeah. And like he'd plan out the girls and like look for them and then put them in the car, make them have the security of feeling safe and then make sure he's harming one girl while threatening the other. Like, if you don't want to die, your friend's in the trunk. You bet. So he was always playing with those control and like power things that he never got from his mom. When you take away mm-hmm. feelings of self power and self control from a small boy, especially you mm-hmm. wind up getting men that need to find that in sexual uh, violent situations. Because it's not like he raped them. It was much more he used, like, knives to penetrate, which is always in the psyche of physically not being able to because of the shame and abuse that a mother would put on his child in that kind of context. So, you know, I think, like, it's that kind of combination of that abuse level. Because, I mean, that buries on mom's head so that she's always looking at him all the time, like, that's a huge psyche issue. Like, you know, and have it be the first and then plan these things out with the car and like acting like he's the best buddy to sitting with cops in a bar to talk about these things and give him ideas. And to, I mean, that's a lot of stuff just trying to like be somebody of power and worth and taking mm-hmm. it out in all the toxic ways, I guess, in a way. That's an extreme toxic. Anyway. 
it's funny when you see that those ones that are really looking for friends and reaching out when when how they do buddy up with the cops in the end you yeah. know what i mean and they're so easy you can see how the fbi agents can just like you mold them like putty in their hands because like they're just you just be nice to them and treat them like a human and, the, and they break down and they tell you the whole deal you know what i mean yeah well very often Bad i think it's also counts. yeah but i think it's also the fact of like needing somebody to know that that's how the lie like i think ed kemper was the one who literally called and just like i can't wait for you to catch me i need yeah. you to just come and take me and he waited at the phone booth that he called from for them to pick him up and bring him in because he was just tired and he's happier in prison. He even said, he's like, I got three square meals a day. People are nice to me. I got a bed. My mother's not here. Like that kind of thing. So it like, was a vacation for him. Right. <laughs> so like, and nobody gives him a problem. He's six, seven or something ridiculous. Like that's a massive dude who just wants to like, how you doing officer Bob? All right. Have a nice day. Like, Okay, but like, oh, that, that'd be like that'd be like going up to Robert Mucus and smacking him in the face and thinking nothing's gonna happen. <laughs> well, with him, he might just go, "Wow, you really shouldn't do that." <laughs> yeah, he is a much. But, but I'm you're just right. because he's such totally. a he's like he's like what he's six ten. Yeah, like massive. I am not trying to do anything to that guy. I'm staying as far away from him as possible. Dude, every time me and him are together at any con or whatever, <laughs> he has to do that. Anytime he takes pictures with almost anybody, he has to do that one leg out all the way down just so he can get into the picture with somebody. And yeah. I'm like, I would tell to you someone so like it's that yoga pose. Strike a pose. And it's like da like he's not big like that, but it's that, you know, he's so tall to get into any picture. He has to like mm-hmm. so imagine slouch. anybody. Or you've got to stand fifteen feet back so that you can get him in the frame. <laughs> I stood on a chair once and I just stood next to him and I'm like, well now my boobs are at the wrong level and this is inappropriate. So nope and I jumped off the chair. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not trying to cause any problems. I thought this would be a good idea. Now I'm squatting weird. Never mind. <laughs> He's a smudge. But, like, I think that's also the thing. We think that just because somebody's tall, we usually think that they're going to be, like, scary. But how many people are super short? And you're like, wow, that person is a real bad news. It's like the chihuahua. Yeah, I was just going to mm-hmm. say that chihuahuas could be worse than a pit bull. Right? And I think that's going back to the whole thing about people think serial killers look scary. Like, oh, that guy's got to be. He's terrifying looking. And most of them, like Ed Kemper and Ted Bundy, they're nice, sweet, kind of looking guys. You would never, I mean, if you looked at Ed Kemper, he looks like, just kind of like, hello. Like, you know, Ted Bundy, you're like, hey. Like, it's not like, oh my God, get me away. He's scary. I mean, and I think that's how they get away with it, is we think it's something else. It's that perspective of what it needs to be for us. Villainary, villainous, however you want to make that word sound, (laughs) seems to have us think that it needs to have an ugly look to it. But, you know most of the serial killers, if you look at pictures of them, the reason I think they were able to do so much is that it's the perspective. We don't think somebody that looks nice or pleasant could kill somebody, but those are the ones you have no idea because you weren't paying attention. They were beige kind of people, and you're staring at the the rainbow guy, you know? You're like, he's really bright, and he looks really scary, so it's got to be him. Meanwhile, the serial killer who has blood all over him just walked past you, and you're like, hello, have a nice day. Well, that's because we've been programmed to think like that. Exactly. Over media. And look at, you know, the, the programs <laughs> you watch as kids. Yeah. You know, the villains were always ugly in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. I mean, Disney villains aside, because let's face it, like Maleficent is gorgeous. Gorgeous. But it's amazing, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, but usually, you know, villains look like villains. They look, they're, they're dark, they're scary, or they're ugly, or, you know, there's something wrong with them that, you know, physically that, that makes them, you know, off-putting. 
Yeah, like evil has to be able to see be seen through the skin onto the face and the body somehow. Like, you know, a poisoning from within versus somebody good who has like a shining glow kind of thing. Right. And, and, and that's not. I mean, how many criminals do we know that were you know three thousand you know dollar suit and tie like. They, they can still do massive crimes. I mean, think mm-hmm. of American Psycho. Yes, it's not a real serial killer, but you know, the whole gorgeous suit and there he is chasing a woman with like a, a chainsaw. Well, like in The Wizard of Oz, Glinda could have been the bad guy, not the Wicked Witch of the West. Exactly. I mean, for real. Oh my God, for real. So, I mean, I think that's always the problem is we look and go, this means that with no foundation or substance to it. It's like, mm-hmm. why? Oh, because he's scary looking. Well, okay. But he doesn't? Okay, I know he killed people. But he, you want to give him a hug and you want to buy him a beer. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. We got to teach people red flags and narcissists and toxic manipulators and what their signals are. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the other problem. They get away with it because they're not. nobody has taught all the, the signals, all the little flags. That, yeah, you see that red flag, run, don't ignore it. Yeah. We don't expect our, our serial killers, our bad guys, to be so charismatic. Right, exactly. We see kids coming to my car. I'll the good guys. Sure. You're a nice car, sure. I'll come in. You know? Oh, I mean, there's no walk. Look at the whole, you know, to, to bring up Ted Bundy again, you know, the whole Ted Bundy trial when he ended up representing himself. Yes. And the judge pretty much said to him, like, look, I like you. I don't want to have to sentence you, but I'm going to have to because you did this stuff. You know, like who who does that? Who says that? Right, seriously. Like, wh- in what universe is that okay? It's not. Like, he's a cold blooded killer, and you as the judge are being like, "Hey, you know what? You, 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 you got you, despite the fact like that you're you. a good looking guy, and I like you. I'm I gotta right? lock you up." Okay, well, what about the guy that like raped that poor girl, and he was out in like three weeks because you know he has a future. Oh, he's a promising young man. Is that the one that everybody was drooling over that had like the blue eyes or whatever? And he was like a a, a model or something. And he was was, like a swimmer. Think about it. That's how bad this is. We don't even remember his name. We don't even remember it because I I, I don't care what his name is. Exactly. But he's out. He's fine. He didn't really get punished. But we don't think. I believe he did three months. Three right. months. That's it. In um, a very um, nice place. Yeah. Not even in the Whatever same level. Was. Yeah. He was like in the same place that like Martha Stewart was in. Kind of yeah. Thing. The he, club was, meta, he was in the club yeah. meta prison. Yeah. He's, they're like, do you want strip with that steak, dear? Your facial's at four. Two months left. Meanwhile, somebody else like sped a little bit and they're at Rikers going, mystery meet again? It's not okay. And I think that's the other problem is we're not putting any of them in the same category because our society doesn't put it on the same level. Serial rapists, nobody talks about. We just like, it's like the pedophiles. We just put them under a thing. We don't like the story. We don't like the idea of it. We forget the names. We move on. It's not that big a deal because, you know, it's a woman. It was our kid. We know. Remember, R. Kelly and Bill Cosby is sharing put in pops in prison and, you know. <laughs> well, it's like how come people are so upset with Lorena Bobbitt? She did the right thing. That man was awful. I, I'm like, there should be more women that cut off more dicks. Maybe men will stop being harmful. Or Maybe that's why they call it the criminal justice system and not the <laughs> victim justice system, right? Oh. Maybe we should be teaching. We should Boom. be teaching our young My ladies. Stuff. We should be teaching our young ladies self-defense instead of making them tr- think like ballet is sexy and self-defense is ugly. Like, right. why, like, why are we teaching our that? young women to be docile? They are not subservient. I tell I'd rather, I'd mind. rather teach my, I, if I had a, if I had a daughter, I'd rather teach her how to shoot a gun than, you know, mm-hmm. 
I teach them takedown methods. Be, All the girls I work with. Put on with, a tiara and, you know, a poofy little skirt and be in a pageant. I had an article I had just had to do for an interview for uh, women in horror. And they're like, what is, is there anything you want to say to women? And you know me. So I was like, learn self-defense. So when that guy tries to mansplain to you or tell you no on your own shit, you could look at him and go, no, motherfucker, go sit down. And if he tries to throw hands, you're good. Mm-hmm. Stop worrying. Start learning so that if we're walking down the street. You know what to be looking for instead of no one taught me. Teach yourself. Find out. That's why the women that I work with on my film stuff, they all have self-defense skills. I don't have to worry about them in that way. And it makes me hurt at like for women everywhere that we teach our little girls like being tough isn't sexy and men won't want to marry you if you're like that. Okay, that needs to die and get out. And we need to start being like self-defense should be essential for everybody mm-hmm. that way boys don't have aggression issues that they're taking out on women they learn healthier ways and the girls don't have to walk down the street being terrified that god forbid they said no to a guy about anything it's fucked so that's literally what i wrote at the end of that i can't wait for that to be published <laughs> <laughs> i said so i hope this helps somebody <laughs> i'm sure it will but i'm sure he was shocked because the guy got it he was like oh wow okay thanks <laughs> But it's truth. I, don't, I really believe every woman should be taught how to, like, take a gun out of somebody's hand, take a knife out, how to do takedown methods so that you can do whatever you want to do without being fearful and be able to say a statement without worrying about, like, I didn't make him feel happy that he was speaking to me. Like, it shouldn't matter if I'm smiling or not. I don't owe you that stuff. It's the fear mm-hmm. of your reaction that makes some women, like, ah. I'll stand up if you stand up. We'll step outside if you need a curb stop and I got no problem. <laughs> and I feel like if we start acting and teaching that a little bit more, maybe not to the aggressive level I go, but everybody gets better from that because it's almost like not training a pit bull. Make sure that they're socially acceptable. Make sure no matter what the breed is, a Doberman, a pit bull, a German Shepherd, Dalmatian, whatever the fuck the breed of the dog is. <laughs> Make sure they know not to bite people, hurt people just because they're annoying. And that's just the thing. Like, it goes the owner. Not only do we teach our our young girls to defend themselves, but we also teach, need to teach our young boys to, uh, accept the word no. And you're not God's gift to everyone. (laughs) No, it's a full statement. That you need to work hard. Period. You need to work hard for whatever is given to you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, like, and and to take responsibility for your actions. Yep. And, and to just be a good person. Like, I, I you know... There's I, way I, too many I, shitty people, and it's starting to overcrowd the population. And it's because of the it's, enablers. It's hard yes. to find the nice ones anymore. That's it. Yep. I said it recently exactly. on something. I said, it's 2021. I am not allowing enablers to also get away with it. If you watched it happen and decided that wasn't me, so it doesn't matter, you're part of the problem. If you hear a story and that guy just talked about how he's abusing a woman and he's going to use a woman to get her, da, 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 whatever those are, and you would listen to it, went, uh-huh, or good mm-hmm. job, bro, or ignored it and didn't stop him, you part of the problem and you deserve the same nut glass that I'm going to give the other dude. <laughs> like enablers are causing part of the issue because they're just as fearful. I don't want to get in a fight. I don't want somebody not to like me. If somebody stops liking you because you say pedophiles are bad, those are the shitty people you need to make a list of the people that are annoyed with your boundaries. Because if you're not having the same boundaries as stop harming women, stop harming innocents, stop harming our young, and you got a problem with that, and you go, oh, that's not my problem, you're a part of the problem, and you need to be stopped too. Wake the fuck up. Mm -hmm. It's your children on this planet too. One planet, one people. The fact that we keep doing this separatism shit in any sort of way is part of the problem. It's not my shit. That's not my person. 
Okay, when it is your person and you go, why won't anybody help me? Mentality. There you go. It's nonsense. It's part of our own problem. Yep. And on that note, because <laughs> it's almost time for you to do your other show. Oh, my God. Yeah. And all I've had was alcohol today. <laughs> what you're saying is it's going to be a really good show. Oh, yeah, I know. So I gotta, I gotta, I gotta log in now so I can watch. <laughs> Plus, I have the, I have to name the the person who won the giveaway. Those three items: the the stoner card game, the CBD oil, and the CBD chapster. So, I have to. I have to do one of those like wheels and write everybody's name in it on on one of those like generators so it could spin and everybody could see I picked it safely because you know people are silly because there's so many shitty shitty people out there you get people going oh you just picked your friend like oh so now everything has to be like and I spun the wheel in front of all oh I know because like I I did like when I entered those um all those contests a couple of like a month or so back I won like super retros contest and then I won the Dorkening's contest for the special movie. And then I, oh, yeah. I won something from the the 10 days of Hexmas or whatever from the 508. Yeah. <laughs> so so I went back, back, back. Yeah. But I'm like, they're going to think because like, we're all friends that, you know, you just give stuff to your friends and mm-hmm. it's like, I don't like, no, uh-huh. we really don't. <laughs> we purposely do things this way so that it's not fixed. Right. And that's why when we had the problem with that Once Upon a Nightmare thing, I immediately made that video where I'm like, every dollar is going to make the movie. Those people that signed up, they're already been making the movie. You can see behind the scenes stuff. It's going to what it's going to. Like, (gasps) philosophy sounds of fear. (laughs) Speaking of your Indiegogo campaign, do you have different tiers that, you know, different levels that people can contribute? Yeah, there's... um, there's a ton of different perks, plus there's three packages of skull packages, Lord, Prince, and King. And um, one of them has, like, top ten items, plus, like, a producer credit. Um, when we hit $500 contributed, the perk where you get to be on set with a celebrity opens up. When we hit $1,000, the perk where you get to be on a ghost hunt with professionals pops up, plus the skateboard stuff. There's a lot of different stuff. So there's different tiers of, like, when we hit that quota, those secret perks will appear. Open up. I'm super excited. we got to hit that $1,000 minimum so that you it's can like see the all the crazy Zelda. <laughs> It's yes. like the Legend of Zelda. You hit a new level and you open up It's like things. adding that genie thing. Left, right, left, right, A, B, up, down, up, down. Yes, look at that. We've got extra perks Fatality. for <laughs> <laughs> No, those are the DOS games where it was, like, Castle Adventure. And I'm like, I got eaten by a thought that was a dragon. Okay, I'll start over. <laughs> But I am excited about it. There's a lot of really cool stuff between stickers and stoner packages where, you know, you're going to get, like, lighters and bongs and all sorts of stuff and clothing you've seen in the movie, skateboards that have been in the movie. There's a lot of cool stuff going on. So I really hope people will give it a chance and remember it's me. I am not messing with nothing. I mean, hello. (laughs) There's no freaking way. And Mel, you got some of her brownies last time, right, that were really good, you said? Oh yes, the pumpkin spice, the pumpkin spice so the, edibles. So the yes. product's good out there. The product on the streets, good. <laughs> yes. Yo, Hallie Holmes, she makes amazing stuff. High horse uh, creations. I, think, I literally, I She's literally amazing. ate. Yeah, I literally ate one bite out of that pumpkin edible, and I was high as hell for hours. Dude, I, I binge ate that shit. It was amazing. I, that, that, yeah, I, well, I, like it was a snowy day out. I'm shoveling out. I'm outside shoveling in my Winnie the Pooh onesie. <laughs> <laughs> I 
high as hell. Not a care in the world. I can't wait for this order to come in. I ordered their, her uh, Valentine's Day stuff. So I have cake pops coming in and some other fucking thing that you with chocolate. Oh, I made my own last night. I made my own last night. Well, girl, I can't do that here. Okay. So I'm waiting I, for my box to come in. I'm waiting for my box the, to come in. That the, the man, yeah, the man made the butter and I baked the cookies. That's awesome. <laughs> See, I want to start doing that, but that's one of those, like, I got to be able to move out. but moving out right now during this shit's not happening, so. Yeah, no, I know. I hear you on that one. Especially with my mom. Like, I can't imagine leaving her alone right now with everything going on. Like she tried to bring the garbage out the other day, and I'm like, "What are you doing?" Like, oh, what? my father, my father, legit without except with the exception of doctor's appointments, hasn't left the house for anything. Yeah, no, my mom is complete opposite. She's the one that goes out all the time, and then it looks at me like, "No balls, huh?" What? Stop this. <laughs> yeah, my my dad's been housebound with a five year old, so oh, yeah. So needless to say, I mean, he's I, at I've that point where he wants to rip his hair mom, out. So. But. Yeah, I've kind of been because I've been with my mom. But we have our own separate areas, and we're doing pretty good. We've never been together this long. But we're getting good. We're learning some stuff. Maybe a little fight here and there. of Just like, ah! but we're all right. I mean, um, you, you know. you're not supposed to have a perfect relationship with your parents anyways. Like, there's no. going to be riffs here and there. Oh, and I love her. And I'm glad I'm here because, honestly, after, you know, beating cancer and, and all the other stuff going on, I know she's eating. I know she's taking her meds. I know. Like, did you take your vitamin C? Good, okay. You know, all those different things that makes me feel better than when I was out of state trying to deal with it. I was just crazed, you know? So at least I know she's safe and I can keep an eye on her. Not no, that no, she... I, get, I get that completely. Like, when my mom passed away, my mom was living with me. Yeah. But, like, I took care of my, my mom with, you know, obviously not just me, my dad, my sister. We took care of my mom for years. Yeah. So, you know, it's, as a, it's better than sticking her in a nursing home where you don't know what the hell they're doing to them in there. When they did that to my nana, I literally moved into the motel across the street so I would pop up and show up in her room at, like, random times. Oh, yeah, my mom would... I'll be at any point, oh. (laughs) There was was a period of time my mom had to go into a nursing home. There was no ifs, ands, or buts about it she had to do. So, luckily, the nursing home was right around the corner from where I lived. So, yeah, I did. I did a lot of random pop-ups, and if mom called and there was one little discrepancy, I was right there because there was... They would steal her teeth, her hearing aids, her glasses. Like, oh no, there was things worse than that. Like my yeah. mom was on, my mom was on oxygen twenty four hours. When she called me up crying, they at the point they had left her on a bedpan for two hours, just disabled her call button, and she wasn't on her oxygen. Good thing so needless the to say, I yeah, she well she called me crying. Oh yeah, no, done. So yeah. yeah, that was it. It was a wrap because like I was my, in Connecticut I, and drove like three and a half hours. <laughs> yeah. and she cried. Like my brother was twenty minutes away. He doesn't do shit. He has a family of his own. Literally made me leave Florida when I was living there when my mom got hurt the first time. Right. So I have a family. <laughs> I get it. I do. So you can go deal with her. So I do this like basically on my yeah, own. Yeah, like, I she do. Doesn't wait a lot, but like when it was bad, it was one of those where it was like. You shitty bro, like that's your mama. So I would drive like three and a half hours from Connecticut just to be like, I'll take you to a doctor's appointment. Drive three and a half hours back. I don't give a fuck if I got it. Me and me and my mom, we got we were always fighting, constantly fighting. Me and my mom, but like I remember one time, my sister was living in New Hampshire briefly. So I had I had left work. I had been up since four a.m. because I had to be into work for five thirty. Got out of work at two thirty. Drove four and a half hours to, to my sister in in New Hampshire. Literally pulled up and found out my mom was getting ready to have her kidney transplant. That they had found a donor match for her. Oh wow! Turned right around and <laughs> drove back in an oh, hour and a half. I believe it. 
My four-hour drive to New Hampshire <laughs> took me an hour and a half to get back here that into Rhode Island Hospital. I was like, I don't know what guardian angel was watching out for me that night, making sure those cops didn't pull me over. Because right? I did like 90 to 100 the whole way back. I hear you. That's like when she finished her no surgery. Sleep. I was already in the room because I did one of those sneak things. I'm like, so just so I know, what room would she be in when she's done? And the guy was stupid enough to tell me. So, like, I was already sitting in the room when they had brought her in. So, like, who are you? I'm like, that's my mama. Make sure you remember this face. You're not going to have an easy ride this time. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, doctors hated me because, like, there was, there was so many times where, they, where like you're not giving the proper care yep. and you're sending these people home before they're ready to go home and then you can't understand why mm-hmm. they're back in a couple of days. Mm-hmm. So they were getting ready to send my mom home and I'm like, no, no. Yeah. I was like, she's, this is the... This is the second time in like two weeks that she's been here for this issue. No, I want another doctor to come in and like give their opinion. And luckily they listened to me because she had another issue going on that she would have been back that night had I not been like, no, she's not ready to go home yet. Good for you. I had my mom was in the hospital and literally it says on the chart, no um, uh, Lyrica. Not at all. She's not supposed to have it. I'm sitting in the room. This woman comes in acting shady. She's the pain management doctor. And she's trying to, like, do this shitty maneuver, like, so I can't see what's in her hand. And she's trying to fork some into my mom's hand and, like, shove them around. I'm like, oh, whoa, hold on. What are these? She's like, none nope, of your I business. I always question everything. I always she told me none everything. of my business. I stood up and I got it in her face. I'm like, you're going to back up. I'm like, ma, let's look at them. She's like, then she goes to start. I looked at her. I'm like, you got three seconds. I'm like, because you're in a hospital. We know where you're going to be when I'm done with your body. And there was lyric in her hand. She's like, I'm the pain management doctor. I make the decision. She's got to take it whether you like it or not. And I am a She's allergic the to wall. it. It says right there, allergic. Right? And I just bellowed. I'm like, somebody get the doctor. Get the administrator. I'm like, or we're going to have a murder in this fucking room. Oh, well, then, night, like, that was like the night with the incident with my mom at the nursing home. She got I fired had, on the spot. Turns out she was doing it all over the hospital. I, yeah, I, got, I, I caused a lot of ruckus. I got a few people fired. But they need not it, they for need nothing, it. don't work in the medical field if you can't do your job. Right? Plus, half the people don't work in any field if you can't do your job. Restaurant and coke and stuff. I mean, the amount of people that I know in hospitals are taking coke. It's crazy. So, like, when they're doing surgeries on her the first time, I looked at the doctor and I'm like. Sitting there crushing up Oxycontin in the med closet before they go in and perform a surgery. I was like, you're about to do a surgery on my mom. That's why people are going in to get their left leg, you know, get their knee replaced and ended up with a lobotomy because the doctors oh. are all coked out or something. Yeah. I mean, how many of my dealers would be like, bro, you have no idea how many nights are stopped. I mean, I'm not saying that's necessarily surgeons. what's going on, but it you is. know, you know how many surgeons are buying that shit? It's crazy. Yeah. It sucks. And there's plenty of great doctors. Cause I have friends that are brain surgeons and quite literally they would never touch anything. And they are saying the same shit that it's fucked up. That happens. Like, but you know, when you get these kind of people that are like, no, I decide. And like, I'm going to push this med on your mama, no matter what. I'm glad I was there. I'm glad I questioned her. I'm glad there was shady shit where I could see oh, it. I, I was like, that's why I never left the room at one point. I'm like, I will just live in this chair. <laughs> like, I've been in medical to another hospital. Yeah. hospital chairs. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I've I've worked mm-hmm. in the medical field for over 20 years. I yep. question everything, and I don't I don't hesitate to question everything, whether it's yep. for me or for somebody else that I'm advocating for. Doctor so, will come in and be like, I you want to get you want to get mad at me? You want to get mad at me because I'm asking you what meds you're giving? Mm-hmm. 
because you know what you they could have messed up and they could have put something in there accidentally because somebody else in the next room or even the next bed yep. is on that med that she's allergic to and it accidentally yep. got into her cup yep and that's why i don't care i, I don't always care. ask questions you yep. said the, the x-ray said what where's the x-ray you don't need to I've say had, it. i've had Bitch, one get the x-ray yeah. put it up we're gonna look at it together and i actually almost I mean, had I surgery done on something that they misdiagnosed i looked at them I'm like this is not that and they're like Oh, wait a minute. And then literally, I went from about to have, like, amputee surgery of some ridiculous kind. I can't even remember what they were going to do. Well, that's what to, they like, do I don't need that at all because it was a shadow from the person who was doing the x-ray. Well, that was, like, that was, like, with me. Um, the first time I got diagnosed with cancer, they had diagnosed me as stage four. Yikes. I thought I was going to die. Like, I all was right. planning my funeral. Yeah. Okay? So, come to find out. I ended up getting a second opinion because of the age and the type of cancer it was. I had to get a second opinion. So, all right, fine. It wasn't that bad. They actually ended up diagnosing it. It went back. It went from a stage four. I was actually only, I was at the beginning. I was only like a stage one, like heading into stage two. That's a big fucking difference from two doctors. That guy needed a Lorena Bobbitt moment. Or oh yeah, or the time that I (laughs) I got hospital during all of this for a pulmonary embolism because they had done an MRI on me to to check something, but they left. I had my bra on. Mm -hmm. They didn't have me remove my bra. So on the MRI, oh my god, there was something from the bra, like the shadow, the strap or shadow or something that was showing up that made it look like I had. A blood clot in my lung because of Holy the rock. So I got God. hospitalized. I'm getting all the treatments that you know the the Coumadin and the Lovenox to thin my blood for a blood clot that I didn't even have. All because they should have made sure you had your bra off. Because yeah, they told me That's I didn't them. need to take. They told me I I asked. I even asked. I'm like, do you want me to take it off or can I leave it on? Yeah, you can leave it on. Leave it on. Yep, exactly. So I was in. The, I ended up spending a week in the hospital for a pulmonary embolism that I didn't even have. Yo, know, the minute you have any kind of chronic illness, you wind up diet. You, you wind up being able to diagnose yourself and turn yourself into your own better doctor than any doctor you got to. <laughs> the amount of times of misdiagnosis I've had that almost lo- led to my entire death is ridiculous. Like, you think I have what, and you want to do what surgery, and it'll fix it? No. So money from the insurance is where you're at with your life. Cool. Like, I've literally left hospitals and like. <laughs> crawled home and recovered on my own because they wanted to do some shady shit. Like, why do you want to put me on a permanent morphine drip for life? You don't have a good answer. Okay, I'm going home. We need to control your pain level, but this is how we're going to do it. And we don't know how long we're going to do it for, but we're going to wait till you're at least a junkie and hooked on this shit before we take you off of it. They were shocked that I didn't die from me cold turkeying all the bullshit they did, plus all the pain meds, plus all the sleep meds they put me in, all the antipsychotics for a condition I didn't have. They misdiagnosed me. So, like, the reasons why healthcare in the U.S. really needs to be a service and not a business. Correct. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, it's, it's because it's about the almighty dollar. They don't care about anything else. Exactly. We're, we're all expendable. Exactly. You know, yeah. seeing them perform numerous, just unnecessary things on, you know, both my mother and my sister who both have issues, you know, and it's like, well, we know what the issue is. So address the issue. It's like, well, we have to go through, you know, these numerous We have to do these steps. We got to do, we have have to to do A, B, and C first. For, you know, this amount of time. And you have to do this and you have to do that. Why? Because we said so, bitch. Right, exactly. It's like, well, we know what the issue is. We know this is the issue. 
and we know how to how, how to treat the issue. So just treat the issue. But it's like, no, 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 no. We need to go through all of this to get, you know, instead of just going from point A to point See, we still do shock treatments to cure insanity. That's a bullshit mm-hmm. statement. When I was in group, there was a woman who had bald spots and scars because of how many times they did lobotomies and shock therapy. She was a drooling mass, and her problem that she went in for was depression. I lost my mind. They actually had to put me in a separate room during that because I was like, what do you mean we're still doing this barbaric fucking, like, I lost it. They had to calm me down well, in a separate room. It's and barbaric. Utterly. Utterly barbaric. It's it doesn't fix any of it. Doesn't it doesn't solve anything? I mean, the fact that we're still doing it in 2021, when this was something that was initially started how many fucking years ago? So we can have, you know, phones that fold up and not break, but you can't find a better method to stop somebody's depression than fried. Fuck you. Like, I, like I mean, technically, really, I probably should be on meds. I refuse. No, I was on meds. Those are dangerous. It literally oh, causes like, too many problems me, most of the time. Yeah, that's that's been my experience with any of the meds I've been on. They made me feel worse than better. So they literally caused me so many issues. Let me let me just have just... let me just have some edibles. Let me smoke my blunt. Leave me alone. Let me have my weed. Leave me alone. I ain't bothering nobody. The only thing that's gonna get hurt is that bag of Doritos and the Oreos in the cabinet. <laughs> <laughs> so seriously, <laughs> like... I only support shock treatment with melon Maddie. <laughs> yes, that's, that's the only cool. shock that's treatment that's approved. That's yeah. That one, I, even I say, is cool. <laughs> the, the, the tough hood of a job being a job, too. When it comes to doctors, you know, kind of cops fall into this as well. Where, like, a job's a job, so no matter what you're doing, if it's the highest of the high, the lowest of the lows, you eventually don't like your job, which is a problem mm-hmm. when you have people that are playing with your life, you know what I mean? Yeah. But they got to yeah. figure out an issue with this, figuring that out. I think that... It's a problem. And we all know, know and have heard stories, maybe even have been involved in stories where you might have a nice police officer pull you over who's, you know, maybe had an argument with his wife or husband or whatever that morning, and they hate life now. So now you're getting a you're getting a two hundred dollar ticket for doing fifty five and a thirty five. Yeah, so it's the same thing like a doctor. If he has a shitty day, he can misdiagnose you and chop off the wrong body part. Well, if his head's not in the right place, he could you know mm-hmm. if he's thinking about something at home. I almost certain jobs should almost be given up to the robots. I feel because no, I'm Will yeah. Smith and I robot. No, no robots. It's going there anyways. <laughs> we might as well just speed up the process. No, no, no. Fight the process. Damn the man. No, but see, Go robot. Thing, if you're good at your job, <laughs> you're able to divorce yourself from your personal life. They yes. should be young. Yeah, you but know, that's you why therapy should be my, my personal life does not affect, <laughs> you know, when, when I walk into work, I'm able to just kind of, you know, brush away everything else and focus on work. But that's you know, why coming, there should be therapy in a job. Also. Ashes, like if a Ashes went to work goes, and totally check the fact that Patrick got a pet shark and had it in the tub. I've met a lot of dogs. I've met a lot of dogs. Exactly. His name is Mittens. The more yeah, they are. They're, they're, they're not really happy people. No, you know I've what met I mean? a lot of them. Some of them are real bad. You know what I mean? And it's it's either that they, 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 they go to school and fight so hard to get to that point, and then they, just, they get there and they're there. Okay, well, this is what it is. You know what I mean? Well, it's the politics. It's the corruption behind it. It's realizing you're not ever really going to help somebody. All you're doing is being a cog on the, the corruption wheel. Like, well, depending on how high you get up in the levels, you're going to see the truth of it. Yeah. Hmm? 
Yeah. And a lot of it is nepotism. A lot of it is, well, I'm a doctor because my, my parents were doctors. You know, I'm a, I'm an officer because my dad was an officer. So of course I'm going to go in and you know, I have an in, I have an instant job, you know, they're going to pass me through because of who my parents are, you know, and I have money to throw at them and that's really all they want. Yeah. And to go with what Ash is saying, there's also um, expectation that comes with it from parents. There's a lot of pressure. Yeah. You can get kicked out of full families just for not taking that job on. Yeah, you, yeah. There's some there's some cultures, some some nationalities that if you don't take that job, whether it's jeweler or cop or priest or teacher, whatever it is, they'll, you'll be exercised from your family completely because mm-hmm. you have shunned the ritual, the tradition, you shame the family, and now you're dead to them completely forever just because you're going to pick something other than what they're demanding as the tradition. That sucks. And that sometimes is why they pick those jobs because they want to keep a family member yeah. right you can't you can't follow your passion you have to do what's expected of you we're all jewelers you have to be a jeweler but i want to be a pig farmer no yeah. <laughs> it's true though and i think that's part of why we you know need to start breaking a lot of that stuff up if you got a problem with me doing what i need to do for my life and it's not what you want and you got a problem with that that's on you you need to start getting a little therapy on that not not push your shit onto me and expect me to apologize for you having bullshit mm-hmm that's some shit by itself. <laughs> go into manure, folks, if you want to do that. Go into manure. At least you'll be full of shit at all times. <laughs> True story. Right. That was the most laughs off screen we've had the whole show. <laughs> I like that. We got almost every 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 uh, screen had their own off screen laugh. I like that. <laughs> I mean, it's a good show. Yeah, we're rocking now. Wahoo! 